I mean, you can even put justified or whatever at a uh, number one. It don't even make no difference. Yeah, either way. I mean, like that time, though. You know what I mean? For future oh, sex, like. Oh my god, that was such a time, man. But yeah, that's top two. Future sex, justified, entertainable. Yeah, you can't go. You can't go no wrong. I'm not even mad at him. Man. I'm mad. He having his whole moment. I can dig it. All right. All right. Let's just get into it. So, all you scared to death, Negro. Sit down. Don't you come out to defend our enemy. You sit down and you shut up and tell your master to come on out and deal with this. Next time they bring up the guns, you gonna respect us. That little vest ain't gonna do you. I chew for mecca. I ain't even trying to hold you up, Magnolia Slim. I'm a soldier from that mode. I'm the ghost of him. From the Everett Police Stretcher. No cameras catch it. Chop you off. And- all right, all right, all right. That's enough of that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come one, come all. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binaries, he, she, they, them, anybody. Welcome to Self-Control Podcast. My name is Dodge. I'm here with my boy Lo. And we when you hear me and my boy Lo speak, consider it Quran. When you listen mm. to all these other niggas speak, consider mm. it haram. But yo, welcome to the mm. Control Podcast, man. The podcast about nothing that provides something and everything in between, where the energy never lies and the energy never dies. What is going on, my brother? What's happening? What's going on, my brother Naj? How you feeling today, man? Hey, man. Everything's everything, man. Everything's everything, man. We just chilling today. We just chilling. Uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, man. Just got off of work. You know, a brother, a brother's essential. <laughs> <laughs> a brother's essential right? out here. But you know, hey, man. Um, it don't stop. The grind don't stop. From one grind to another grind. We had to bless y'all with another episode of Self Control. We thank y'all for all the love and everything that we got from the pilot. It really meant a lot to me. I know it means a lot to you as well. Mm-hmm. Low, um, yeah, man, a lot of good uh, feedback. So we went through a lot of a lot of starts, a lot of uh, false starts. You know, we thought we had it uploaded, but um, Anchor Man, they didn't want us to be great. They still kind of don't want us to be great as of yet. You know, as of now, we are not signed to a major. We're still independent. <laughs> we're still independent. You know, we're still on Koch. <laughs> yes, sir. We're yes, sir. We're still on Koch records. But everything is everything, though, man. Um Hopefully, by the time we drop the second episode, uh, self-control will be available on all DSPs 
right now it's just available on Anchor right now. But yo, as soon as Anchor stops playing, you know, and you know, and sign some brothers to a major, you know, we'll be all right. But for now, you know, hey, we independent, man. The independent money's good. You know, currency can do it. Why can't we? Exactly. Speaking of currency, he dropping the green tape pretty soon. I don't know if it's tonight or I don't know when he's doing it. He should be doing that tonight. Pretty soon, yeah. I thought it was dropping tonight or either. I'm, 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 I guess you know we can speculate maybe tomorrow night at the latest. Right. Um, with it being Friday, twelve o'clock at the latest. But yeah, man, Spitter, um, he definitely delivering. I mean, we had some other projects. I think that we waiting on. Um, I, yeah. In I retrospect, know he said that um, mm-hmm. Alchemist. Mm-hmm. He was waiting on beats from Alchemist. Him and Freddie were waiting on beats from Alchemist. So I don't know right. if he's getting another Fetty. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's so hard with, with Currency, man. Because Currency just works. He just works all the time. Right. So you don't... <laughs> it could be anything that he works right. on, man. Um, but uh, I know he just dropped one with, uh, with Corner Boy P, Smoke yeah. Bottles. Yeah. Now he about to drop one with uh Justin Ricardo. So Yeah, man. That's gonna be interesting, man. But hey, we just wanted to say, you know, thank y'all for all the love and everything. Um yo Lo, what 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 kind of love did you get when we, you know when we dropped? Man, I was just hearing people basically, you know, just talking about um how fruitful the conversation was, you know. Um, but just on my personal win, a lot of people in DMs and they was just you know, happy to hear uh, my voice, you know what I mean, yours as well, um, because of the whole, you know, Rona debacle and with TKK being pushed back uh, again. Um, but, yeah, man, it was just um, good to uh, just get some feedback and also just to create, you know what I mean, just to speak as well. Um, right. So pretty much everything's definitely been absolutely positive. I just want to shout out uh, Black Guy Wrestling Podcast. Um I want to shout out Super King Tej, um, a lot of other people, man, but they definitely saying out. But um, definitely all love from all angles. Julio, you already know what that's like. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, man, all, all positive love, man. And I, and I definitely want to, again, you know what I mean, before we get down to the nitty-gritty of today's episode, just thanking you, you know what I mean? Because, um, you know, this is you, bro, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thankful, yeah. you know what I mean, for the, for the pull along, you know what I mean? So I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, y'all. I signed him on another ten day contract. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we here, we here, baby. I signed him on another ten day. I'm gonna keep signing on the ten day contracts until TKK drops. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna keep signing them on signing the ten day contracts until TKK drops. That's Listen, man, I'm here. We, that's how we doing it. That's how we doing it, man. But um, of course, yeah, like you said, man, a lot of love. Um, people was hitting me up. Of course, like you said, Julio was hitting me up. Uh, Super King T um, was hollering at me. Um. Black guy wrestling, uh, hit, uh, hit mm. me a lot, a lot of people, a lot of love, a lot of love, man. So thank you a lot to everybody who you know who showed us some love. But right. this this episode, you know, we got the pilot out the way. We we gonna get into the shits. We gonna get into some shits tonight. Um, I feel good. You know, I got mm-hmm. the I got, I got the rapturous from a uh, Three Taverns Brewery. Shout out Three Taverns in Atlanta. Um, they helped me up with some with some rapturous. Mm. Uh, a raspberry sour ale. Um, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, man, you know, let's get straight to the shits, man. For sure. Uh, so um, I, I'm not even looking at the list right now. What was? What, what, let's just talk about the Rona, the Roni. And what it is day? What it is day? 
I don't even know what day it is no more, man. I stopped counting. <laughs> I, mean, I checked the date. You know, we always see the look. We look, we look at the clock. We know what time it is. But I, yeah, I'm not counting, man. It's really gonna make me feel like I'm in a Netflix. You know what I mean? <laughs> Two season drama about the apocalypse. I, you know, I'm just trying, trying to stay cool, man. I feel you. I feel you, man. Um, I, I've lost count, man. But the Roni is is <laughs> striking from all angles, man. It got the UK prime minister. It got him. It almost got him the fuck out of here. But I hear he's in better spirits now. Yeah. Um, I know Rihanna's dad caught caught it. Cotteroni, mm-hmm. um, and she hooked him up with a um, with a ventilator. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody died a couple days ago, I believe, from it. Um, it's it's been crazy, man. Um, yeah, it's been real, real crazy. And I just uh, Doctor Fauci, you know, who seems to be like the realest nigga in it right now who just seems to be looking out for everybody because he seems to be the only one with answers right now. He's saying that even when we do get done with this, we should stop shaking hands. No more daps. No, you know, just pound it. You know, how do, how do we do it now? But, um, oh man, it is, it's really, really crazy right now. Yeah. I just, I can't stress enough, yo, like, I'm putting on the I was telling y'all the last episode, you know, I made the, the crazy concoction with the with the bleach and alcohol and mm. the, the alcohol and peroxide. I'm doing everything. We got I got the face mask uh out. You know, um, they they're pretty much saying in Atlanta that that's kinda like, you know that's mandatory to a point where you gotta have a face mask on. Um Ten people, ten people or less in the stores in establishments. Yeah, it, um, it's. I saw Publix the other day. <laughs> we, I don't know why we always talk about Publix, whether it's yeah. recording or we not recording. <laughs> Me, we always talk about Publix. Right, it just fall on it for some reason. <laughs> uh, but Publix, yo, the line was like out the door, fam. Mm. Like, like circle the block almost. Like it was yeah. crazy. Um, it's just, it just got people, I hope y'all are really taking it seriously, man. I really hope y'all are taking it seriously because it is not something to be played with. Like I saw, um, some rapper on TMZ, they was interviewing him and they were saying, and he was saying like, yo, I ain't taking it seriously. Like I got girls coming over every night. I just, I'm just, what do you say? He just knows which ones are safe. But like you don't know who's safe or not, man. Come on, man. We're not we're not no, we're not about to do this and do the STI stigma with <laughs> with a national pan. Like, come on, bro. Like, like people can be asymptomatic and show up to the crib and like Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't get it, man. Uh, but the Roni man is definitely is is taking numbers. It's taking people away from us. Um, yeah. Once again, like we like we said on the last episode, man, you know, our hearts and our prayers and our thoughts go out to whoever has been lost, to the families, and to anybody who's sick and is going through it right now, whether you're unemployed from this whole outbreak, from everything, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know I'm, like, essential. I... I'm not going to front. I felt some days like, yo, man, I don't even want to fucking go to work. But 
I also realized that, you know, I'm one of the very few who are blessed, you know, to go to go to work, even though my hours, you know, my hours are cut, how it used to be. Mm. I'm still able to, to get a check and go to work, you know, so that's one thing. And I just, it, we just got to be safe out there, man. You know, they, they just canceled money in the bank in Baltimore. Yep. Um, it just doesn't look like <clears throat> there's no end in sight right now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy because my thing is like, when you talk about, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting because I, I'm, I'm thinking about a few things that you were saying about the face, man. So, I, so, so here in Philadelphia, it, like day by day is getting closer where I think they're definitely going to like make that. Definitely mandatory law, and day by day, you're definitely seeing more people just with them on. You know what I mean? Rightfully so. Yeah. Um. Also, about like you know, I just definitely want to thank people like you for having the the gall to get up and go to work through all of this. Being an essential employee, you know what I mean? The the the, the pretty much the backbone of this country because I've had those experiences as well. You know what I mean? And working. In certain types of weather, working in certain types of conditions is one thing, but like a national pandemic where it's like everyone it's is at home. It's yeah, an I mean, it's like it's an invisible enemy. You don't even know. Yeah, you can't see it, you can't touch it, and it's like, and I mean, like in my own case, like I'm, I guess I'm pretty fortunate because, like, in my own, you know, employment status, you know, I basically was just employed, but as soon as this happened, I was basically like, I, I took my severance and I dipped. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's interesting the way it worked. I basically was like a consultant for a non-government organization and um it was just a lot going on within the organization that they you know they didn't necessarily know how to respond um and so it's just like i was just tired of the headache of dealing with like family the thing the job and i'm just like you know i'm just i'm just gonna take my severance and dip man and just chill and see you know what i mean and, and ride this thing out for the rest of the year because uh it's, it's crazy the way people are and the way being taken advantage of depending on who they're um employed by yeah. Um, but definitely people like you, man, it's like, damn, like, the, to, to walk out of that door, you know what I mean, at a time like this, it's like, man, yeah. shout and, out to y'all. And even more, man, like, my job offers, like, I get no insurance. Yeah. At all. I don't get no insurance, no nothing, you know, so, mm -hmm. it's, it's, so it's, it's really just, like, protecting that guy here, you know? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It, it really yeah. is. And so, you know, shout out all my social workers, um, Shout out the healthcare workers, man. Shout out the nurses and every and the doctors and everybody. You know it. It's crazy right now, man. And y'all are, you know, it, it's just crazy, man. It, everybody's got their own little, you know, um, conspiracy theories. Everybody, you know, Carrie Hilson said the other day, said this the other day, and like somebody was talking to me about it at work, and I'm just look. I had to look at him like, are you serious about the five G towers? Mm. <laughs> that, mm. The 5G towers are behind all, all this stuff. And I'm like, 5G? For real? Like, At this point, people just picking for straws. You know what I mean? Everybody's, certain people, not everybody, are just, uh, you know, trying to just make the next big claim. Yeah. About why this is happening. I mean, everybody trying to crack the case. Everybody's a myth buster. It, it's true. Certain people are myth busters. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's spend more time, you know, trying to be healthy out here than trying to come up with these cockamamie stories. You know, um, yeah, man, this, 
I've heard so many other. I've, I've heard so many stuff, man. Yeah. And it's just what else? Like, what else? I'm trying to think. What else did I hear that was? Uh, <laughs> that uh, I heard something that like we knew about this. Like, I mean, of course, we've heard reports that like we've known about this, but like people just like, yo, um, you hear, um, oh yeah, Cardi said that people are being paid to say that they have it. Yeah, I really wasn't too. Yeah, that was one of the ones that was like, okay, because Cardi, you know, she's had her moments where it's like, okay, she's getting she's that informed. something right here. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like, despite where she's from, despite a language barrier, despite you know, and 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 I'm and she would see that. On, I'm sure, right? Because Cardi see everything that's said about it. Most 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 things I would imagine. Um, but yeah, when when this was said, I'm like, no, that one don't land on the scorecard <laughs> with the judges. That one don't land, Cardi. Like, Barty, you cannot, that one do not land. Nobody's being paid to, you know what I mean? It's just like, no, that was a bad taste, John. That was a bad, John. Yeah. um, (laughs) You know, and there's been a lot of, like, we've talked about, we talked about this last episode about, you know, about the celebrities and Mm -hmm. and the roadie and everything and how they've adjusted, how they're adjusting and how they, you know, they talk to fans and all this stuff and everything. Um, So, Lady Gaga um, was on Fallon because Jimmy Fallon was doing like Skype interviews and stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still trying to get that check. Right. Um, and she was talking about how, you know, she pushed back her album and everything. And she was just saying that like, uh, she was just noticing, she said she doesn't like that certain, that certain celebrities are saying, hey guys, we're all in this together. And she's like, we're really not all in this together because here I am in like in this some hundred thousand square foot house, you know, with all this money, and there's a single mother who can't take care of her kids because she can't work, you know. Um, there's people who can't get decent health care, or there's people, you know. She was very self aware, and I appreciated that um, because there has been some pushback to these uh, celebrities from the whole imagined thing they were, you know, that uh, Gal Gadot was trying to do with some certain celebrities and everything. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a little bit of pushback where people are just like, yo, get over yourselves, man. Like, y'all talking about y'all hate, y'all, y'all hate this, you know, but y'all, y'all not even in our shoes. Um, Ellen just said that she feels like she's been in prison and it's like, yo, Ellen, like, you got a nice, like, I saw Ellen's house or whatever. Like, yo, you got a nice-ass house. You can turn a cabana into a gym. It, you have an indoor and outdoor pool. Yeah. Like, you you really gonna come out and say you feel like you're in a prison? Yeah. Like, I got homies who are in prison right now, and they just like, yo, like, they not doing nothing. Guards ain't doing shit. You know, everybody's just pretty much dolo in there. Yeah. You know, um, this is turning the Lord the flies up, up in there, man. Um, mm-hmm. My homeboy was telling me, because <laughs> uh, he, he doing a stretch, he doing a bed. He was just like, yo, I can't even get my hookups on food right now because, yeah. you know, my CEO who I got in my pocket, like, they ain't coming to work. 
that's the thing, man. It's, it's crazy. And depending on where you at, you know, it's, it's real. You know, we talked before. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you know, I, me and you both, we know guys on all levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I, I got a brother that's doing the, the, the rest of his, you know what I mean, natural born days. You know what right. I mean? Natural born days at, at a federal. And that that's Atwater Federal out there in California. You know what I mean? All y'all, y'all can look that joint up. Atwater Federal Prison in uh, California. And out there, you know, a lot of these Fed Jones is like, you know, they 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 nice cushy camps compared to other state and some other federal places, yeah, right? It ain't Leavenworth. Nah, you know what I mean? Like we ain't, yeah, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. like when we, in the grand scheme of the average quality of a facility, it you know what I mean? Some some beats others. He's basically talking about how it's a lot of guys, you know, in a lot of these places, you know, the systems, it's like a hierarchy, depending on who you with, you know, depending on where you're from, you know, and certain guys, you know, they not, they not get into their regular thing. You know what I mean? Certain things with commissary, right? Certain things with, we, we talking about human contact, right? That we, people not being able to have that. People can't go in that zone and visit their folks. Right. Yeah, I mean, so it's 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 getting really dire around around the country for incarcerated peoples. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's touching everybody. It's touching yeah. everybody. You know, so mm-hmm. hey, man, everybody just be safe. Everybody just take that extra minute when before you go outside to sanitize your hands, wash your hands. You know, sing your favorite hook. You know, um, yeah, for real, <laughs> that's real, right? Exactly. Like, I was in the bathroom, right. I was in the bathroom today singing the box while I was washing my hands. That's a good one, you know. Um, sing your favorite hook, if you, you know, sing your favorite hook. I mean, not I'm saying hook again, but your favorite couple bars from a verse. Mm-hmm. Do the first couple bars from you know, from PSA or something. It's that is that quick. Right. Uh, everybody just be safe out here, man. Just really, really be safe. So, from a enemy we can't see to an enemy that you know <laughs> is right sure. in front of our faces, yo. Um, we're going through it right now, man. Um, as of yesterday, well, it's twelve twenty-three right now as we, as we recording. So, as of two days ago, um. Presidential candidate from Democrat side, Bernie Sanders, has suspended his campaign. And lo, you probably saw it. Mm-hmm. Everybody fucking lost it on Twitter. Yeah. Um. All everybody's like, all is lost. Um. You get it from the all is lost tweets to the I ain't voting at all tweets to the yeah. Bernie's not really. You know he didn't give up the campaign he just suspended it to the you know you can write you can write bernie's name in and stuff yeah. like that um people blaming the little tiktok girl the okay boomer tiktok girl <laughs> it, it's gone it's it's been a circle it's, it's yeah. gone everywhere um you're more well versed in politics than i am like i just know a little bit and by a little bit that's not that much. <laughs> so, I'll tell you, bro. Um, I really want to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. With Biden getting, supposedly getting, you know, the nod, the, 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 basically the path is clear for him to be, you know, the candidate, you know, to go up against Trump. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what's next for us? Because it doesn't feel like to to me, it doesn't feel like you know some voters got a chance to you know to make an impact. I feel like uh, our predecessors, our predecessors, you know the the OGs, the ones who came before us, you know, especially like you know those old black folks, you know how mm-hmm. much they love Joe, you know, because he was connected with Barack and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, from the Uncle Joe's and all that stuff. I just wanted to ask you, what's next? Like, what, like, where do we go from here with this? Um, I want to be 100%, like, radically honest when speaking about um, electoral politics, right? We can talk about policy sometimes right when a guy is in office and he's doing the thing he's doing um but when we start talking about like campaign season and we start talking about electoral politics and actually getting the people to the polls and then getting subsequently that's getting um candidates into a chair into an office i want to be 110 percent radically honest about this subject now where do we go from Joe Biden being the presumptive nominee? I think we go to a place, um, I think mentally, when it comes to electoral politics, I think we go to a place um, that's just more like awakening. And so what I mean by that is I think a lot of people are really starting to see the jig of American electoral politics. And what I really mean is um, a lot of us that were born from the years of about 1982 to about two, I don't even really want to say 2000. I want to talk about people that were alive for the 2000 election. So those of us that were probably born from 1982 to let's say about 1992, let's, let's get, let's just that 10 year window. And I think me and you both are in this 10 year window. Yeah, I'm 87. Gotcha. I, I come at the very end, so I come at 92, you know what I mean? Because I'm trying to see, like, people who would have been at least, like, 9, 8, or 8 to 10 years old going into the year 2000. Um, now, with American electoral politics, it's, like, it's always, like, a, uh, it seems like it's, like, a, a certain type of board game, right? It's, like, a process in which, like, okay, you, you announce your candidacy, um, cool, and then, like, you join your party's primary, you see who wins the primary, and boom. And it's, like, all of these steps. It's, like, a fucking, like, like a board game. That's, like, mentally how it, like, looks and how it, like, rounds out mentally in my brain. And so from here, I think people are starting to really become aware of, like, what's really going on. So when we look at, like, the person who was running, right, um, not thinking about Joe Biden for a minute, but thinking about, like, a candidate like Bernie Sanders, yeah, I want to go back to 2016 because I kind of want to provide some, 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 uh, you know, just some historical context into this conversation because yeah, what we saw in 2000, yeah, what, what what we saw in 2016 was really uh, it was very Obama esque um, from the Bernie campaign. We were hearing a lot of things that we hadn't heard from candidates like free health care and. You know, um, you know, debt-free college, right? And also uh, uh, wiping clean people's debts. We were hearing things. We wasn't shit. We wasn't even hearing from Obama, but because of what was being said by this man and what was on his platform and his plans, you know, it kind of a lot of those things take away from the basically like the elite Democratic platform, which is like you know who who in the hell calls for like free college? Yeah, you know I mean, we all know that like. 
liberal arts colleges like in this country like have those minds in them that are going to grow up and possibly be a part of the, the Democratic Party, right? And just like have that, you know, power block established based on what this person's education was when they went to school. And we know how people hone on to certain positions of power in this country, right? You know, you know, George Bush, he was a Republican, but he went to Yale. You know what I mean? And thinking about these things, really? people get the, yeah, you know what I mean? He, George Bush went to Yale. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, okay. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they. He, he wasn't a smart guy. They basically gave him C so he can graduate. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I always just, like, I always look at uh George Bush as um, what's my man from um, from the office? My man who always say like, yo, I went to Cornell. Uh, uh, Andy. 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 <laughs> that's Andrew I, Bernard. That's yeah, that's that's, that's George see, exactly. That's how I see Bush. Exactly. Andrew Bernard, like, yo, I went to Cornell. Hmm. Bringing up the old boy network and all of these things, we see Andy. He always talking about his acapella group and all of these things. That's exactly. Funny. But he's trying to he 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 clout chasing. That's what he that's what he doing. He, you know he bringing up what institution he came from. So, but long story short, we see what happens with liberal politics and democratic politics in this country. And Bernie was kind of going further left, right? He was reaching towards to what some of a lot of radical people say and about how certain things should go in this country. So, long story short. We get to the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, 2016. Bernie Sanders was fighting heavily into the convention. Now, when we get to, when we talk about electoral politics, we talk about the campaign and again talking about that, that like monopoly board, like this, this board game. We get to about August in this now convention season where now in August, we're going to count all of the delegates, right? The quote unquote delegates that were received from elections like the New Hampshire primary and all of these primaries in other states to determine who is going to, you know, from these middle states, the guy that's going to get all of these votes and event or, or woman, right, and eventually go on to get this nomination. Now, Bernie had a real great chance of possibly getting the nomination when we look at in terms of where he was in about June, July. But when we get to about August, I think when we talk about certain things like uh, the Democratic National Committee, um, the, the chairwoman stepping down right after the Democratic National Convention took place because it was reported that a lot of the delegates um, that were counted um, at the Democratic National Convention that, you know, were written for Bernie, they actually were changed to Hillary votes um, in, in, at the convention. So when the votes were called out on the floor... You know, basically, they were saying that, like, you know, Hillary Clinton has the nomination and, and Bernie doesn't. So basically, Bernie got screwed at, at, at the convention because that's basically where they do all of the calendar nominees. At. A lot of times throughout history, we kind of know what or who the nominee is going to be right when we get to the convention. They just still have to do the counts and make it official because we see when Obama ran in 2008, um, it was pretty clear that he was going to win because he had all the delegates you know, in place before it was convention time. So you knew that Obama was going to be the nominee against McCain because by then Clinton, you know, Hillary didn't have enough delegates. She didn't get enough delegates in the primary. Um, but I say all of that to say Bernie got screwed in 2016 at the convention. And now I think that as we fast forward to 2020, we knew he was going to run. Um, we necessarily didn't know what, the, know what the field was going to look like. We saw how big the field was. Yeah. Um, and then it eventually came down between like the former vice president and like pretty much like the most popular like guy that's not necessarily favored by the establishment, but he's favored by the populace of this, you know, liberal and democratic voting base. Um, and so essentially from there, it's just like 
you know, apples and oranges, you know, and the elite Democrats, you know, they're familiar with Joe Biden because he's he's run in so many other elections before and he's the former vice president. And I think in order to I guess, on, on you know, this is not necessarily my opinions. I think when it comes to the Democrats, they want someone like Joe Biden um, in that election. But again, we didn't know we were going to run into this pandemic. I think that had to do with a little something to do with Bernie's decision due to the fact that like travel and things like that aren't, you know, they, they can't really go as planned right now because, you know, campaign season is all about traveling. You got to hop on right. planes. You got to hit on, you got to hit them buses. Um, so I think that's, you know, and also it's just like a lot of money being spent on campaigns as well. Um, so while this is going on, a lot of your services you can't really receive. You know what I mean? A lot of the things that a campaign would pay for, like your signs, um, paying, you know, the people that's working at your campaign, paying those people on time every two weeks or weekly. Um, and yeah, man, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot of decisions that probably go into that. So I just think from here, you know, with all of that being said, I just think we go to a place where it's like, man, like by the time we get to November, people are just going to have to make a decision. I think people are going to do that, you know, lesser evil thing. Right. And they're going to check off Joe Biden's name and they're going to do the thing. Um, and we're going to see what the re- election results are. Right. Together. Um, but I think based on what those ele- what those results are, I think people who are our age, you know, who was born at a certain time are really just starting to see like the Democratic electoral process for what it is. And I don't yeah. think it's really transparent to people. And I don't think people really understand how it works. And I think people are going to start questioning things and it's going to force them into having slightly different political views than what they used to have when it comes to voting. I'm one that, because I want to say this too, though. I'm sorry. No, no, I just also want to say that it's a, it's kind of an old thing about like voting and like we should vote, and you know people fought for it and all of these things. People didn't just fight for us to vote. People fought for our humanity first and foremost. Nobody fought for us to check off somebody's name and say, "I want this person to be my new master." Now, voting was just a part of the process to become a citizen, right? When we, you know, we, when we look at like people like Octavius Cato, like right, who was here in Philadelphia, this is way before the Civil Rights Movement, right? This is during Reconstruction of slavery. You know, he was shot by the police on Election Day because he was trying to organize black people in Philadelphia to to vote. You know what I mean? This man wasn't even born in Philadelphia; he's from the Caribbean. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, all of these things is like really important because they establish who we are as citizens and human beings on this land while we're here. It don't got nothing to do with checking somebody's name off. So that's that. And also I want to say that like if you are a taxpayer as an American, if you're a taxpayer as an American citizen, you pay your taxes on time every year, you're not obligated to vote for anybody. Because one thing that people say that like if you don't vote, then like you don't count or something like that. And I don't really like that because like Voting is like, a, is, in this country, they give it to you as a choice. It's not a federal holiday. You don't get all for it. Um, you know, like, you know, just those things. And I just believe if you pay your taxes, then you should have an opinion about anything that goes on in this country. So I just wanted to put that out there behind all of that stuff. But the, the Democratic electoral system is a really wicked game, man. Wicked, wicked game. Yeah, man. As, uh, <laughs> you know, as a... Uh... Our boy Julio would say, dirty fucking work, boy. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Nasty fucking work Nasty all over. Nasty fucking work. You know, 2000, um, George Bush, Florida, right? We, 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 we fit, you know, that's supposed to be a thing. I remember um, what that was like going through that. Like, I remember what that was like, like, 2000, like, it was just like, what's going on? Yeah. 
I mean, everybody it's, it's, swore because everybody swore yeah. Al Gore had it. Everybody swore exactly. I I go I go back to the crates because you know it's it's interesting. I don't know if we ever shared this, but I I, I forgot shared on the episode that um when I was nineteen years old, I was an intern staffer for the Obama campaign here locally in Philly. Right. You know, registering people to vote. You basically fill electoral work, flying to headquarters to Chicago every now and then, going to D.C., hitting certain campaign spots in Ohio and things like that. Whole lot of fucking work, but it's crazy. And I, I, I've heard a lot of things about several elections in which, like, yeah, that that was kind of that wasn't how that was supposed to go, because when Carter ran against Nixon, I hear that that was like, yeah, they 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 got Carter the fuck out of there on some on some nut shit. Yeah. And yeah, and Reagan got in there for two terms and did what he did, crack. Yeah, you know, and this was a guy that was an actor. Yeah, you know I mean, on drugs. <sighs> Just say no. He was the first TV. He was the first TV star in the office. Now it's the next level. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, yeah, there man. you go. What but, is that? What is that even like? You know, working on the campaign trail. You know, flying from your like. I mean, you've already told us that, like, yo, you you studied abroad and everything. But what is that like? You know, jumping on the plane. You know, like you said, you're going you're going to Chicago. You're going to DC sometimes mm. and everything. What what is that like? What is that grind like? It's it is it's it's, it's almost like it's endless. It's almost like days. It's just like now. It's like it's it's like we in you doing the same thing every day. It's just like now. Like we in the house every day. You kind of got the same routine, right? And depending on you know what happens in the next few months, you might have a different routine in the house or whatever. So when you're working on a campaign, it's like okay, you might start off really slow. You know what I mean? By the time you get to about depending on when you join, because I joined <clears throat> Obama for America 2012 and. Um, April of 2012. That's when I joined. That's when I signed on. By the time you get to J- July, things start speeding up. And that's when you start traveling a little bit more. That's when we started hopping on. Some days we didn't even know we were traveling. You know what I mean? It just was like, you know, we would just get like a briefing, right? And like, it's like, yeah, here go y'all tickets. Can y'all be in Ohio by like three? Because it's a rally and we want some young people here from this. And, and, it's, and, and it's a lot. So it's kind of like, it's a lot of organizing too. It's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of like logistics. So it seems endless, bro. Like, bro, like I I thought it was days I thought about quitting. You know what I mean? Because it, yeah, it was the Obama campaign, but it, it wasn't great. It was still dealing with racism internally, right? I'm still mm. dealing with under my, being undermined as a black person, as a young black person, because I was 19. Right. I was from this. I was from the city that I got, you know, interviewed in. Because a lot of cats was trying to look for opportunities in places where they wasn't living at. You know what I mean? But I was one of the only people who I on this side of the country that was working where I was from. Because most of these people was like college kids and stuff like that. But again, I had time because I had just left full sale. I had just left on campus, and I was like, yeah, I'm going back home. I want. I want to do some some some, some monumental shit. What the fuck can I do? Because I was kind of fed up with how shit was going at full sale certain things on campus but overall the process is just really like strenuous and endless and you it's kind of just like no end in sight but i was kind of lucky because you know that whole mitt romney thing happened about the food stamp video yeah and when that happened literally like 25 percent of the electorate shifted you know those 25 35 percent independents shifted and was like yeah we can't really fuck with the rich white guy so we kind of knew what was going to but so basically by like august going to the convention it was kind of chill but that last week of, uh, you know, everything leading up to election day is work, 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 work. But it's, 
It's crazy, bro. It's 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 a it's it's a cycle. It's a crazy cycle. It sounds crazy, man. It sounds yeah. crazy. Hey, man. This is what we do here. This is what we're doing at Self Control, man. Like, we want y'all. We we want to keep y'all informed of what's going on. You know. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the coaching. Yeah, we're gonna talk about about wrestling and other sports and stuff like that. But we really want y'all to be informed of what's going on out there, especially from somebody who y'all can see are, are just like y'all, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, we're not above anywhere on the bracket, on the tax bracket, you know. We 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 still here. We, you know, we right here. You know, yeah. and just with y'all. So we just want y'all to know that like, yo, um, stay informed, man. Um, For sure. Can I double back on something real quick? Yeah, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like I misspoke. If I if I if I said the election in nineteen eighty was Nixon, um, Reagan, forgive me. I don't know. I don't know if I said Nixon Reagan. I'm pretty sure I said Carter. But the correct election was Carter Reagan in nineteen eighty. So if y'all want to look that stuff up, it'll be Carter Reagan and not Nixon Reagan. That was it, bro. My bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Hey, look at what's going on right now, man. Because it's just. When you were talking about how strenuous it is and just talking about, like, all the candidates, uh, <laughs> I looked at it like, you know when you play uh, when you play single player on Mortal Kombat? Yeah. And you see the tower of people before you get up to, like, the big yeah. <laughs> Exactly, right. right. That's how I That's how I <laughs> That's real, right. Yeah. That's how it was. Like, you just That's another up. visual. You just moving up. And everything you get exactly. the shower, you know, and it's just that's like, a way meaner mental visual because you said Mortal Kombat. That's exactly what it is, bro. Like literally, like that's a way better joint. Fuck a board game. I mean, it's it's Mortal Kombat single player. Like you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy, and you get the certain certain uh, levels where you gotta choose. You know, choose your might. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you gotta break the. It's, it's crazy, man, and just from what I've seen, like, with all of these, um, with these candidates, like, because I talked to my grandmother, my grandmother was like, yo, we vote, we all vote for Biden, I was Biden, I was like, what do you mean, we? Like, we mm. all vote, you know, mm. one word that everybody likes to say about Bernie, socialist. Yeah. Now, break it down for the people, what exactly is a, so- a socialist? So a socialist is a person who adheres and agrees with all the things that would potentially lead to involve thus us living in a society that is quote unquote socialist that will lead to communism. Right. So just so so real quick. So socialism is a economic system in which is planned. Okay. So, the economic system that we currently live under is capitalism, right? When you talk about capital, we're talking about a certain, getting to a certain height, or, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's automatically implied that we're going up, like capital going to the top, paramount, right? Under capitalism, the economy is not planned. Under capitalism, the economy and thus the things that are in the economy, um, those spoils, um, you know, 
capital money, um, stocks, bonds, CD accounts, gold, silver. Under an economy that is not planned, all of these things are winner take all. Now, when you have a planned economy, you are establishing where you're going to put all your bread. You're establishing where you're going to put all your money. Now, we have this thing in the country called a federal budget. We have these things. We have our state budgets and the states we live in. We even have our municipal and county budgets in the, in the cities and counties we live in. Now, for those that live in townships and boroughs, some of that money that goes to your largest, closest municipality will eventually trickle down to you because you are within that county or municipality. Now, when we talk about this particular system of socialism, think about it as like a budget, but that a budget applies to the whole of our country. So a lot of times when we look at the federal budget, we see that like billions and billions is going to military, right? Right. Um, we see billions and billions going to a lot of different things, right? But essentially what's taking place is that the government gets to plan what they're going to do with federal funds and federal money. But we're living in America where under capitalism, we have something called a free market. Mm -hmm. And within that free market, we have something called trading. And so the free market and trading, I really hate to break it to people before I break it to people. But free market and trading essentially is done, ladies and gentlemen, on Wall Street. On Wall Street, we have the NASDAQ. We have the, we have the, uh, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, um, S&P 500. We have these different variations and levels of stocks. I mean, when we, if you saw Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, Leonardo DiCaprio's character talks about, he was talking about him in the context of like comparing him or paralleling stocks to prostitutes or escorts. And he was saying like your blue chip, sco your, 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 excuse me, your blue chip stock is like your Apple or your McDonald's. That's your top of the pop stock. You know what I mean? Like the most, the companies that like everybody recognizes, your Nike, your everything, your, your, your Chase Bank, all of those things. Um, so basically that's what he was saying. So we're thinking about like these particular trades that's being done when we're thinking about what companies have the most money. Essentially, that's what it's like when we talk about winner take all. When we're talking about like Apple, their worth and all of these things. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do this thing in which I'm trying to separate for the people because it's kind of hard to explain. Right. Try, trying to separate from trying to separate the free market from like the like federal budget and things that like people are more familiar with. Because essentially when we talk about that free market, it basically controls all of the goods and services and means of production in this country. Um, you know, cause you know, if it wasn't for the stock market, then like, you know, it wouldn't be a such thing as a minimum wage. That wouldn't be a thing because we see that McDonald's is a publicly traded stock, but we see that people work at McDonald's that make like seven, $8, but McDonald's is a billion dollar company. That don't make no sense in the world under socialism though. That wouldn't be possible. It would be against the law to pay someone that little of money when you're making that much. So if I can just give people more concrete examples of how socialism works in other places. Now, we know that Cuba isn't the most like richest place in the world. And because of that, it's been a whole lot of sanctions and things that the United States have done physically to kind of block Cuba from getting means and services and, you know, means of production and all of these things that I was just talking about. Um, with a lot of different laws that you all can look up on the Internet, like it's a law that was developed in Congress called the Helms-Burton Law. 
And basically the Helms-Burton law, and it was signed into Congress, is law, right? It basically was a blockade, or basically extended the blockade to Cuba. The first one that was established in 60, when JFK was in office, it basically was like a whole other extension. Because when we talk about like the end of the 20th century, moving into the 21st century, we talk about countries and places around the world being able to receive more goods and services. I don't know if y'all remember, but there was a scene in um, House of Cards. I believe it was the second to the last season in which the Russian um, president had as he was talking to, I believe, the wife. No, I think he was talking to the, the president real quick. He just had a scene where he said he was so happy when the Soviet Union collapsed as a Russian because, we, you know, the Soviet Union was socialist. He was saying he was so happy when the Soviet Union collapsed because they had these cars in the Soviet Union called Ladas. And they was pretty good cars. They was reliable. They could do this and that to the third. But like he was like, but when the Soviet Union collapsed, we got that Lexus. No. When, the Soviet, when the Soviet Union collapsed, we got that bubble X. And now we now we doing business with the Japanese, right? Okay. Because the Soviet Union had a strict strict policies over doing business with other countries based on what their business was. Because we know Japan used to do bad business. They was on the other end of World War II. You know, Emperor Hirohito, they dropped them bombs on Pearl Harbor. They, you know, fucking, you know, terrible shit colonized Korea. Colonized, you know, well, colonized parts of Korea, right? We see that the northern part kind of stood up. And we see that they socialist to this day. But a lot, you know, happened at the, hand, at the hands of Japan. So long story short, man, you know, this is, you know, this is history lessons. I'm getting into my college classes. I'm digging into some heavy shit right now. But when we think about certain concrete places right on this country i mean on this earth sorry that are enacting socialism one of them is cuba now like i said cuba has all of these things that are fucking with their money right like you know not being able to have certain cars on the land because you know they can't do business with other countries because you like i just said you know the japanese make make toyota and you know toyota make lexus and that's 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 that, that's that whole thing right um but one thing that cuba does that's pretty cool i think is that no one can be evicted from their home wow i did not know that it's a socialist country the government basically has control over the housing cuba has no really no homeless people also under socialism you're guaranteed a job there's no such thing as applying for a job waiting weeks waiting months to see if you get that job right fuck that applying for a job them calling you, you waiting weeks and months for an interview, you get the interview, you pass the first interview, you get the second interview, but then you don't get it. It's, it's no such thing as that, because you that process that I just explained was a winner-take-all process, right? Many yeah. people are coming in for this job. It's the elimination chamber, my, my guy. Many people are coming in for this job, but only one person under capital, I mean, under socialism, everyone has a gig. You are guaranteed, you're, you, it is a human right to have a job under socialism. So those are just some of the differences. Now, what Bernie was talking about was some of those things that are going to interest toward that. Putting more money into people's pockets, like actually having people be able to pull themselves up because they'll have a surplus of money that they're not paying to the government. You know what I mean? So Bernie was really getting at some real progressive stuff that I think a large portion of this country isn't ready for because to a lot of people, some of those policies are socialist, and to a lot of people, socialism, a la communism, is a really bad thing because they think about the '60s and they think about the duck and cover videos about when JFK was at war with Fidel Castro, and all of these things that's going on, right? All of that, right? And we think about you know the different people who were in power, 
um, you know, during the, during the time of the Soviet Union, right? Like, you know, all of these people. So it's a really long conversation that's been going on since slavery, right? When we talk about the free market, you know, the, the first products that were traded on this country was cotton, rice, sugar cane. That's slavery. You know what I mean? Like cotton yep. was your first McDonald's. Cotton was your first like MacBook. You know what I mean? Oranges. That was like your first. Yeah, you, wow. these these God were the first, the first MacBooks. These were the first stocks, my guy. These were the first stocks before there was MacBooks, before there was McDonald's, before there was Nikes. It was cotton. It was rice. It was sugarcane. It, it all comes from slavery. We do have a Black Wall Street that ended up happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in which intelligent minds post post Civil War was like, we're going to try to do this a good way, fair trade, but not free trade. It was fair trade, what they was doing on Black Wall Street. Not free trade, where it was like winner take all, but a fair trade in which everybody was eating. Yeah. Especially at that time where the world wasn't, you know, this is literally post-slavery. This is Reconstruction. Yeah, I was and, watching uh, Watchmen, yeah. and they did a little something about that. In the, Absolutely. You know, in the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. And I know that was a little long-winded, man, but it's, it's, no, it's no, again, man. We nasty work. We got to get information, man. We got to get yeah. the information out to the people. Yes. You know, so just so people know what this is, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we're not going to sugarcoat stuff. We're not going to shorten it. We're not going whatever. We just, we're going to give it to you straight. That's why, yeah. we, like, and this is something else, you know, I'm backtracking, but um, I was talking to somebody and they were like, uh, y'all been seeing your sweets. Why do y'all, why are y'all calling it the new death row? The new death row to me is not like, you know, we we're gangsters and we just, you know, gonna do whatever. I feel like we self control the podcast, me and Lo, we have the spirit of death row. You know, like um we tweeted the other day, you know, for people to find out about death row, they gotta know about death row. You know, um it's the spirit of saying whatever you want informing the people of what's going on out here you know it may not be the right way or the right thing to say but we're still informing you know i always felt that where nwa you know kind of carried the flag and you know peter baton they kind of passed it you know even though it was a even though it was like a beat between ruthless and death row whatever mm-hmm. death row took the baton and took it somewhere else you know when a Forming the people what's going on. You know, you can hear from the chronic from you know, they recorded the day, you know, track four, the day the niggas took over during right. the LA riots. They recorded that song during that. You know, you watch uh the um I forgot what it's called on, on HBO. It's still on HBO, um with uh Dre and Jimmy Iveen. You know, you oh, yeah, the, the, the interscope joint, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they yeah. talk about how they record it, like they talk about like the whole process of like dad's like yo look what look what these niggas doing <laughs> why they record and then like they just saw it and Dre was like oh I know I know what I want to do and he just made beat for the day the niggas took over right you know um we caught I for me we call ourselves the new death row because we just embody the spirit you know of disenfranchised people you know, pulling each other by the bootstraps and standing up for something else. That's why I call self-control the new death row. 
Yeah, man. I, and I appreciate you for that. And also, you know, to, to, you know, yesterday, I think we, you know, we basically passed that time. Um, you know, yesterday, April 9th, was uh, Paul Robeson's birthday. I mean, yeah, I, I've I put, seen a lot, yeah, I've seen a lot of yeah. news about that, man. Yeah, that, that, that le- legendary historical figure, man. Like, I know we talk about the Malcolms and the Martins. And by the way, Malcolm, you know, post-Nation of Islam was a socialist, um, by the way. Um, but, you know, we talk about Malcolm and Martin, you know, it's, it's it, you know, guys that was around, you know, 1900 been fighting, you know what I mean? And we got to say their names, too. Yeah, um, but I was just going to say a, that. He did like, a lot more than yeah. Old Man River. A whole lot more, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, you know, I definitely just wanted to say shout out to the poor Rose and happy birthday. But I'm, I had a header that was put up on my Twitter, but I'm, I'm putting my pot, I'm putting my pot back up because I want to piggyback off something that you were saying. Um, a lot of times in this, uh, in the lot, I, just the culture in general, I don't necessarily want to talk about wrestling. I don't necessarily want to just talk about like hip hop or like clothing, but it'd be a whole lot of uh, misrepresentation. Um, when we see um, certain logos being like, you know, parodied and certain, um, you know, certain things being put on T-shirts and like, you know how you uh, double down on somebody's shit, right? You do a parody of the album cover, you do a parody of the, you yeah. know. And for me, I, I had a problem with a lot of things that I was seeing. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going way back to when, you know, Gucci, everybody, everybody know and love Gucci, man, right? Everybody know and love Gucci. While back, you know, I remember when Gucci was out of jail and he was out here tripping and, you know, snapping on Twitter, laying down. You know what I mean? And oh, that, it was bad. That was, the, that was the greatest day, one of the greatest days on Twitter. It was. It was so memorable. It was crazy, right? But it, it was a whole lot of, like, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, uh, generational trauma in that. You know, we, you know, we think about drug use and all of these things. And, you know, it's good to see the boy doing good, but I just remember that last thing he did, that last little stretch. It was a whole lot of like free Gucci merch popping up on the internet, free Gucci hats. And you know, it, you know that picture of him with the white mint coat. Yeah. And he like, you know, that they kind of using that as like his Jerry West like logo and whole lot of like misrepresentation like on on Instagram and Twitter. A lot of people selling these things, selling them for profit, selling you know, with this man name on it. And I mean, granted, it's a this is the clothing line in Italy, but hey, man, half of these clothing lines in Italy and in Paris and all that, and we wear them. Some of us, you know, what I mean, like these people used to own slaves too. So if you want to take, them, they don't want us wearing them either. It, 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 you know what I mean? So it's so. But my thing is, I've seen a whole lot of free Gucci stuff, and I'm like, man, like who's who's out here putting like bread on Gucci books? Or who is out here doing any of that work? And this man is incarcerated. Like it ain't just like. So I started seeing like what the underhandedness of the internet really was, and it's a lot of times it'd be like folks be like showing love or trying to like, but a lot of this shit, bro, it'd be a whole lot of co-opting, and it'd be a whole lot of shit that like people like the sample and borrow that they don't know too much about. You know what I mean? So like that's why I appreciate at least like you giving an explanation on why. You know what I mean? We you know you decided to play around with that because like shit inspires people for sure, and shit is dope. But at the end of the day, like. It yeah. gotta, be, it gotta be a reason to why I connected with you, cause like a lot, it'd be a lot of, and it's appropriation too. You ain't gonna get too much into that, but it's just, it's, it's a whole oh, lot we, of like. We gonna get into appropriation. We get okay. Into that. <laughs> we, we, not now, but we we gonna get into for that. sure, for sure. But yeah, it, but but just giving an explanation is I I really don't be hearing it from people. Like I see somebody using like a you know a, a NWA John for Randy Orton, and it's like straight out of nowhere, and it's like ha ha. But if straight out of Compton never sold that many albums and them niggas went down the toilet, 
with like 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 so, so like certain other black groups like Bad Brains and a lot of other black groups and Bad Brains they wasn't rappers you know what I mean but you know we can we can we can talk about a Cold Crush Crew if NWA wasn't really you can talk that about Living Cover who most people don't even like, you. don't even know who did uh, CM Punk's thing. Thank you. You know what I mean? One of the biggest hip hop. I mean, one, excuse me. One of the biggest rock singles of all time. Yeah, you know I mean? it's it's like, would it like would this shit really be co opted and really would it really be a joke to like the general public? So just little things like that, I'll be seeing and I'll be like, hmm. Like people put their real work into that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, like it's and we put Randy Orton face on it. But you know, it's just this little shit like that. It ain't like oh, I, you know, this makes me so angry. But it, it just show you who like who participated. And that's all. Like, like Action Bronson got a line. My bad. Go ahead. No, I saw a shirt um mm. maybe like a year, two years ago. Um somebody was it was like the Abbey Road picture. Yeah. But Edge comes out of nowhere and like spears one of them. Mm. And I was like, oh ha ha, okay. But like you said, if that picture wasn't so as iconic as it is, you know, what would it what would have been then? It just would have been ca- like to catch the four niggas walking across the street. And I get the technique, but it's like you, you gotta have a why. Like, what's the old head name that was on YouTube? He's a he a coach and he got like motivational speeches. I forget his name, but he got this one speech about like know what your why is. And he's talking about Kevin Durant and certain things. And he's talking to these young athletes. I forget the, the, the black man's name, but that's what it's about. You just gotta have a why, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm you know, cause I I do, I do the same I do the same thing I borrow too, but it's like you gotta and some of these people that I borrow from, it's people that's talked to about that that knew people from that time or either can give me some insight like you know you you, you can go do your thing young and you can check that off and you know what I mean because it's a certain level of respect that's to be shown I feel like that we really don't but to a lot of people it ain't really necessary because they're not taught that you know what I mean definitely definitely so. We got that out of the way. We talked about the Brony. We talked a little bit about politics. Low broke down socialism. We broke down what's going on with the Democratic Party right now. So let's uh, let's lighten it up. Let's lighten it up. I, that's what mm-hmm. I like. To, like giving y'all the heavy stuff first, the meaty stuff. Right. Right. Right up front. So when we get to the to the lighter stuff. Hey man, everything's already digested. Right downhill. Yeah, this is this is all dessert right now. Right. So, uh, last weekend, man, uh, you know what it was? You know, it was WrestleMania. You mm. know, and um, we talked about the last episode. Low was supposed to be down there like around Wednesday, Thursday. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to be down there. You know, mm-hmm. while Wale Manning was supposed to be down. We talked about. You know, so many people on wrestling Twitter was lamenting over the bodies they were supposed to, you know, have, <laughs> you know, during that weekend. You know, the the debauchery. I didn't even, you know, <laughs> I didn't realize until like <laughs> a couple of days ago. Like when I'm just just reading people's tweets, I was like, yo, I didn't know there was so much debauchery that was going on during WrestleMania weekend. I, I feel like it's know. a lot of yeah, bro. It it's a lot of capping too. I feel like. Oh, I feel like it's capping on all angles. I feel like we just throwing our buzz, like on some real rap. Because I, I, I know a lot of us out here is young and yeah. all of that. Like we like what 22, 23, 24. I'm twenty seven now. I'll be twenty in July. Like I think I said on the first episode. But it's like, bro, for people that know me and know, like, first of all, like a lot of the work that I've done in my life has been sex education. 
to youth to adults a lot. You know what I mean? Like, you know, getting out of college and stuff like that and trying to really, like, you know, do communications work and stuff like that and trying to find different means of media. You know, trying to connect. Sex is one of the things that, like, bro, it's, it, I love it. It's one of the things that, like, it's, it's amazing. I'm sure all of us do. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, to a degree with the lotteries, like, I don't know. So, you know, but, to, but for people who was going to get it, man, like, I, you know, it's, you know, I just feel like if you was going to get, I just, like, like, I know I go down during WrestleMania season, but it's like, do people not, like, get no cheeks no other time of the year? My thing was the girls. The okay. ladies. Like, the ladies was just really out here like, yo, I was supposed to be out here smashing. I was supposed to be out here getting it busted wide open. Like, yeah. Some of the girls, some of the lovely ladies of wrestling Twitter was really like, ooh, it was, it's, mm. it was like that with y'all? Like, that's what y'all yeah. was trying to <laughs> Like, they was really talking about how they were trying to get it in during the week. Uh, and they probably was. I just, yeah. It's, oh, of course. It's, oh, of course. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, bro. It's very interesting. It, it was just so funny, man. But, um, yeah. That week didn't happen. Mm-mm. You know, uh, but WrestleMania still went on, even though it was two days. And for me, I like, um, I was talking to my boy Will. Uh, shout out one, two, Will from 123Pens. I was like, yo, um, I've always, we've always thought that, like, yo, maybe Mania should, should be like two days. And like it kind of worked. Like mm-hmm. it was a two day event, man. Uh Saturday and Sunday. And uh bro, man, I know there was a lot of uh a lot of doubts. I know we kinda had our doubts. Um, whether we talked about it on Twitter or whether we talked about it on the pilot. But the E delivered. Yeah. They delivered. Yeah. It was actually, dare I say, dope. Yeah, uh, from, shows. from the Boneyard match to, you know, I mean, we're gonna talk about this fire, this fire, um, this Firefly Funhouse match too. Um, yeah, but it w- really was across the board good. I really didn't have really no complaints about it. Not by the, by the time I got to night two, at the end, I'm like, yeah, we, we cool. Because, I mean, for one, I was watching night one, and I'm like, bro, I don't know if I'm entirely looking forward to night two. Because I'm just like, all right, I know we're getting these two, three theatricals. Um, and I'm like, my man's in this match is going way over time. And, the, you know, I'm in the, in the, and that was really my only gripe by the time I got to the end of night, too. You know, you're talking, uh, about, you're talking about the Edge re- man. Refer, right. My bad. Right. 40, so, uh, 40 Edge minutes, bro. And Randy. Minutes. Right? 15 minutes too long. Um, but, yeah, but just to get that out of the way, I just think that they did an excellent job. I mean, that's the thing. We, we, we know by now, we can confirm that the WWE, not only a wrestling company, they're not only an entertainment company, but they're a production company. You know what I mean? When we think about like. And publicly traded. You know what I mean? So the means of production are endless. You know, when we think about, you know, it's Disney and then it's like Pixar for the animation. Yeah, you know? It's Disney for the entertainment, Pixar for the animation. But when we think about the WWE, it's like, they gonna give you that entertainment, but that production level is all about that personnel that's in there working them hours. You know what I mean? Because them jobs are stressful. Yo, you know shout I mean? out like, to the production crew, whoever does the video packages, Y'all will always remain A1. 
Like, yeah. never, like the video packages from the E never fails. There's no. one thing they know how to sell you on a match or a pay-per-view or a rivalry or whatever. They know how to sell you. Also, I believe that for most of the, you know, large portions of, if not all of the portions, large portions of, you know, the performance center action, it was uh, HBK in them, you know? And I think um, our guy, um, JD, Hustle and Flow, going to be interviewing HBK some, uh, this morning, actually, 11 a.m. On, on, on Instagram. So we might be saying something about that. I, I might I might tap into that, see what's going on. But Yeah, shout out yeah, to Josiah, bro. man. Josiah, yeah. he's getting a lot of good interviews from this whole quarantine uh, coronavirus situation. Like yeah. shout shout out to my boy Josiah. Um, I'm about to say hustle, Russell and flow, flow, flow. Yeah, I think that's what I said. I did say hustle and flow. Excuse me, Josiah. I'm fried. But yeah. yeah, bro, it's 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 a lot of good work. It's always good work being done down there with them with them guys down there. Shout out Cornell too. Yeah, shout but, out Cornell as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, bro, like HBK and them and the job that he doing, you know what I mean, with them guys in NXT. I just think that they really pulled out the stops. They produced a well edited, well shot two night program. Um, Gronk didn't wrap it up too much. Nah, you know, not really. Like I said, that long that was my only real gripe with the, but you know, total total usage of the building. It was, you know, they did what they could do, and we know that, like, when, you know, when they when they backs against the wall, like they could do it. They they deliver, you know what I mean? Like as they should. The late they showed should. out. The late, like the the, um, the tag team match between Oscar and uh with the Kabuki Warriors and Lynch, um I'm about to say Lynch, uh Alexa Bliss and Nikki yeah. Cross. Those girls showed out. Cross had the cakes. Uh, they. Did I took out the jeans and put her into some some tight pants now? Yeah, Nikki. Uh, yeah, Nikki. Nikki been there. She been there. Yeah. I think we noticed, but that there we go right there. We you know more eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always thought like the storyline is gonna be what ha- like what would happen when Nikki Cross realizes that like Alexa Bliss is using her or whatever, which mm-hmm. I I still think that's gonna be the case. Yeah, um, it's just been great seeing because they like they're so much like an odd couple. Yeah, and it, it's just been great seeing them, and I'm glad you know um they're the first two time uh women's tag team champions. Absolutely deserving of it too, and I think it gives the belts way more of a um. Yeah, I mean let's 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 start to get these titles. You know what I mean? Some 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 real good lineage. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, we talk about last year, and I think putting the titles on the Iconics a little later on would have worked out for them better. Because I think if you were to put the titles in them a little bit later on, we would still be seeing um, Peyton, Royce, and what's my yeah, other? We don't, uh, we don't, we don't see them no more. We don't see yeah, Peyton, I, I, um, and Peyton and See, I'm forgetting names now. Because, like, exactly, I, Peyton and Billy. I, I just had Peyton and Bill, Billy. Peyton. Right, there we go. Yesterday, I was like, who is that? I was like, oh, it's Billy. It's Billy Kay. Because I ain't seen Billy Kay in, like, months. Yeah. From, you know what I mean? I didn't, and I didn't see her until, like, the, the Don't Rush Challenge. Right. It's like, come on, man. Which Lo yeah. doesn't want to be a part of, everybody. Listen, once I get my reach push, it's on. <laughs> Watch. I mean, <laughs> though. But no, though, like, they, uh, what was, <laughs> what was we talking about? I, I forgot all about that tweet. I'm not doing it. Just wear the bonnet. 
I, I should. I might. I might just get a different. I'm gonna hit y'all with a different color. I usually hit y'all with the black. I should pull the bape drone out. It's like no. Whoa, but the it's, bait body? it's like a, it's like it's like it's like a it's like a uh, it's somebody put it together for me for my birthday one year. Um, it got like the bait. It's cute. A girl made it. For, it's like the bait pattern, like but it's like in purple. It's like the purple bait pattern because that's like my favorite okay. bait pattern. Here. I'm about to say, yeah, like, okay, I don't wear it like, that much. With the, with the Supreme bonnet in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, man, just giving the title some good lineage. You know what I mean? And I think No head against Kabuki Warriors. No head against nah, them. No, 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 no. They had to drop the titles now. They had to drop them now. This is the best time. And I think this is something that people need to start to understand about championships in professional wrestling. It's always about timing. It's always about timing with these titles. It's it's only it's gonna make the most sense to to just to just drop them now and to make them the two time champs because of what we've been saying from Nikki and Alexa all year the build the relationship the response it's not for no reason you put it on them because I mean when you got a when you have a tag team like the Kabuki Warriors that has retained you know time after time in the way that they did and just like you know the the heel is fashion you know what I mean the the, the, the shit that they get into Oscar with the with the slime, and then like you know, you know Kyrie with the confusing shit. No, it's 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 really apparent that is that that they're good heels, right? It's so it's like they want to make good matches. Yeah, it, exactly, shit like that. So when we're doing things like that, and we're seeing a certain response to them, by all means, put the titles on them. Because when you chasing chips, it's like okay, the heel. It's like with Cena and JBL. That's classic. That was a that was a classic like way to book that all the way all the way up to Mania, and then even after. And that was like. Over the U.S. title at one point, like you, you feel me? So it's <laughs> we we've been seeing this for a little bit for a little while. So I just think that you know, put them on them now. You know what I mean? Get them, get them, you know, get them, get them some more legitimacy because people are are responding. I just feel like with a Nikki Cross match, you gotta have a crowd, especially because like with her hot tags and like and exactly. crowd. Yeah, and she 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 the spark. Yeah, that was one thing that it was missing. But other than that, I really had no complaints about it. Um, like you said, the Edge match was at least 10 to 15 minutes way too long, but I understood the story that they were trying to tell. Um, the Boneyard match, hey, man. <laughs> My man Taker was out here. He was out here <laughs> talking that talk. Yeah, <laughs> bro. I mean, you, you forget that at a, at a point, you know, that, you know, he's Blue Lives Matter, you know, Trump donator. Mm-hmm. That, you know, but he really did his thing in that match. And, like, you always know, like, it's AJ Styles, man. AJ Styles is going to give you a great match in a fucking phone booth. He's, he's yeah. going he's gonna to give you a good match. He's yeah. going to bring the best out of you. He's so I've, he's so easy to work with. He brings the best out of, out of out of people. He makes other people look well. He did a great job. Um, that was one of the takeaways from it. One of the things I like, hey man, the man the the man the uh, oldest love story. I well deserved. I thought it was great, man. Mm-hmm. But damn it, Sonya, goodness gracious, Sonya Deville, boy, Sonya Deville was. I know she's a lesbian. I know she likes girls. But she was looking rather snackish. She's looking good. Looking real good. So, you I'm know, glad, I'm, mm, glad I'm glad she's not a sleeper, They took yeah. the braids. Like, they're like, yo, you don't need to do no more braids. 
just because yeah. they were trying to like it's like it's funny because when we think about like certain women in this thing who we favor you can kind of tell like which you i mean we know who the company favor you know what i mean but like you're saying with the braids it's like you could tell that because of certain things like orientation and fighting style right anything right that the company wanted to do the thing where they were trying to make her a sleeper I mean, because they kind of feel like she what wasn't she in MMA before this or something like that though or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. Because I remember she used to come the company, to the ring with like the with the with like, like they look like boxing trunks or whatever or whatever. Yeah, with the four ounce gloves and but this is what I'm saying that the E uses that as like a uh, it's like board. a like a gimmicky thing and they like you know and they and they use it to kind of like further characterize the character. So like look at Shayna Baszler, right? I mean. I don't know if I, I, I've heard certain things, but I never heard Shayna Baszler say it herself. But the stylization in which the way Shayna is booked and characterized inside of that gimmick, it's it's kind of like it's, it's like really hardly no femininity really exists, right? But when we look at none, at whatsoever, it's, none. it's just it's, it's we gonna go hard and we going, you know what I mean? Like you just know that she's about the queen of spades, queen of spades. You hear queen of spades, you hear that word queen, and that implies gender you know what i mean but it's like that that's about it but when we think about when we think about um our girl who we talking about we talking about uh sonya deville deville when we think about deville it's like you it's like yeah they kind of trying to like make her a sleeper you know the gay rights thing like and i mean i mean some of that is to her merit you know what i mean with wearing the flag at manny and shit like that but you could tell with you know with mandy clearly y'all don't want us to sleep on her Clearly, y'all don't. So, so you know the ones that they want Mandy to sleep don't with. want us to sleep on her. <laughs> I, I remember she posted something on, on IG. Which it one? Which, which, which one? This was a minute ago. I got the screenshots and I can send them to you. But she had like changed her hair color to brown, and pretty good. I mean, they was they was they they was. I think she took the pictures of herself, but I think she just like dyed her hair for like a day or something like that. Uh, however long they do them, you know how you know. Yeah. I I don't even know if it was a white girl weave. I legitimately think she dyed her hair. Um, but yeah, she you know she had a double G belt on, like, but she was like like she she was look all the way intact. She looked stellar, but it was just like, bro, like you you yeah you definitely not trying to make yourself no sleeper. Yeah. You know. This, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, we we've seen it, man. Like, um, even I even see like with certain things, like even though uh. Rhea Ripley, you know, she has this rough and tough and everything exterior about her. They still try to like feminize her a little bit. Um, the back of her shirts is cut out. You 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 see it. It's certain things. And yeah. see a Rhea in person, man. I haven't. Have, no, I have not seen Rhea in person. I, it was. I recently just did. I, it was in. It was at the SmackDown. They, 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 when it, you know when SmackDown first went live in LA. Then weeks later, when they came to Philly in November. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 Philly SmackDown live show. I mean, she looks beautiful. She looks beautiful. Yeah, but just in person, it's just it's it's like she looked like she she looked like she looked like like an attraction. Like she looked like somebody. Like I ain't even really trying to be on no carny shit, but like she looked like something like in a movie. Like like when you when you think about like an Optimus Prime character or like a character like a uh, think about like somebody like in Marvel, but like seeing her in gear. Like from how like how tall she is, and you know what I mean, just like in character and like the demand she has over the crowd, bro. It's like she 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 she's gonna be an issue. 
Because seeing her on like, TV um, is one thing. And I was convinced from Rip on TV. But seeing her in November, and, and it was like it was like an eight women tag match. NXT women versus... Yeah. yeah that, 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 show was, that show was pretty popular for a SmackDown show. You know what I mean? In Philly. But, but they had to do that because the SmackDown people got flown in after the Saudi thing leading up to Survivor yeah. Series. But bro, seeing Rhea in person, I'm like, yeah, I see what's going on. I see what the, I, I, I see, I really, I see it now. You know what I mean? I remember, um, she's not even with the company, but I, I, well, I know you, what you're talking about. And I talk about this all the time, that I don't know why this company isn't capitalizing on this. Mm-hmm. The Susie Sue Young thing right now. In mm. Impact. Like, yeah. I remember seeing Sue Young, um... At WrestleCon at WrestleMania last year, you know right. she was helping. She was helping out. Uh, of course, you know everybody knows she's married to uh to the homie, you know Rich Swan. Right. Um, so like at his table and everything, like she, you wouldn't notice if you didn't know. You didn't know who you you wouldn't know who it was, but right. if you knew you like oh shit that's so young, but like. How she looks at Susie, well, how she's like presented at Susie now and everything is like, damn girl, like wow, like yeah. beautiful girl, you know. Even, but Sue and with when she transitioned to Sue Young and everything, it's just I mean everybody knows what it is with Sue Young, you know, the under undead bride, undead princess, you know. Yeah, it's hard, great, you know. But it's just like yo, like. God, I see them trying to capitalize on it, but I feel like they need to capitalize on it a little bit more with Susie and Sunil. And God damn it, play the goddamn Gucci song, I Think I Love Her, on some of these goddamn montages, video packages <laughs> I'll be doing with Susie. That would be hard. Because every time I that. see her as Susie, I just, when she says, hi, my name is Susie, the Gucci Man song just comes to my head. Yo. Somebody got to do it. I might do it. But that is one, that's been one of my favorite storylines in wrestling, the whole Susie Sue Young thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else was, was great? was great there. Um, I was uh, sad that Rhea Ripley um, lost, the, lost the chip, but yeah. know, that was due to the fact that she, um, she needs to renew her work visa. And she got to go. A lot of people got to renew their, their work. And I wonder, like, why didn't like, this happen before? This match with the whole renewal thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions around that for me too. Because Jordan Devlin's leaving too. He got he has to go back to Ireland. Yeah, he had to drop the uh, the cruiserweight title. Uh, Rhea dropped dropped the women's championship uh, mm. for NXT. So I got questions. Um, also, a great story was told in that match. I don't know if a lot of people picked that up, but it was a it was a real big story, and I love this scene in the Vegeta uh, gear. I love that. Yeah, that was dope. That uh, was, yeah. What else did I? What other bad? Some people ain't like it, but it's like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, listen, Everybody. man. A lot of people is, is gonna be like, yo. I start fucking with people, bro. I'm like, bro, because that's you know me. Yeah. I, I <laughs> I'm like, that ain't even Vegeta shit. It's colors. I, yeah, I, you know, I just start popping shit, and people right. start, yeah, because we know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, she wore the shit years ago, and, like, who don't fuck with Vegeta? But it's like... Have you seen her in, the, in her why? Android 17? Yeah! That shit was hard! Like, why are y'all mad, bro? Like, let niggas, exp- let people express themselves. Y'all express yourself? Yeah. Um, I, it'd be a lot of, it'd just be a lot of 
talk. I get it, though. Everybody's a critic. And I know everybody was like, you know, uh, Charlotte, another rain. Yeah. Like, yo, Charlotte ain't had the belt in, like, what, two years? Yeah, there's going to be some things done with it. They're going to do some shit like, with it. Give her Bianca, the, Bianca. Give, give her the damn belt, man. I know Bianca about to have a legendary run with Charlotte. What they about to listen? They about to take this to next. They about to take this to LA. They gonna take this to the woods. Is Bianca huh? Raw or is she still NXT? Bianca gonna end up. Bianca is Raw basically. I think. I think. I think it's confirmed that she's Raw now because my tears and shit. Yeah, but I think I want to see that one on one with Bianca and Charlotte because that could that could. It's gonna go into next year, bro. I'm telling you, it's gonna go into next year. We about to this get some good be, shit. We about to get something. another Sasha Bailey saga. We about to get. Why you think? Why you think Sasha been hitting up Sendai when Sasha did her little stint over in Japan? Listen, man, we about to get some shit. And when all this shit go away, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Mania was really like that, man. And you know, uh, let's just. Let's just get into it. You know, let's let's mm. talk about Firefly Funhouse, man. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, Firehouse, the Firefly Funhouse match was between Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend and John Cena. Um, like I know a lot of people was just feeling like was just feeling like, yo, man, Cena's gonna go over. I know, like, um, he'd be giving a lot of shoot promos. To the point that even like the WWE had to delete, had to like take a uh, interview off, right? Because he was just just shooting, shooting. Like my man was shooting, shooting, and it was just like, man, um, this match was like, uh, like Lo was talking about one of two cinematic matches, and this was the one that everybody was just like, yo, what, what is gonna happen with this? And I, I'm telling you, man, the, the E delivered so much on this one. Um, I know, I think Triple H and Jeremy Borash, who used to be with Impact, I think, mm-hmm. I think they produced both of them. Yeah, I know Jeremy Borash, Borash had 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 a hand in both of them. Yeah, he had a hand in both. Yeah, it was most, it was mostly Borash, HBK, and H, and they kind of just like switched around depending on the match. Okay. But Borash was definitely on both for sure. Um, and you can kind of tell the Borash touch because yeah. um, if you if y'all have watched Impact during the whole delete the delete saga with Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy and everything, you can tell the touches that Jeremy Borash has because mm-hmm. Impact had some of the greatest video packaging, you know, cinematic stuff that was going on at that time because Matt Hardy was keeping that fucking company afloat yeah uh real real fucking talk single-handedly we could talk talk about it if you want to talk about it but jerry borash he really did his thing man but what i love so much about the firefly funhouse match was the fact that the e listen they listened like they took like years of like what of what fans was talking about they're like all right it was it they it was they gave you fan service, they gave you they gave us what we wanted, but I love this I just love the story of how somebody so beloved like John Cena they basically gave you the fucking the fucking um 
Harvey Dent quote. You either live long enough, you you know, you either die a hero or you live you, you live long enough to be the villain. Mm-hmm. And it was just great seeing that, you know, the callback from WrestleMania 30. Every like yeah. every just everything, like even you know, the Nikki Bella, you know, dig. Every like everything, you know, just from ruthless aggression from how he first started to where mm-hmm. he is now. Yeah. And I know there was like a um there was somebody on, I don't know if it was Fanside, I forget, I think Uprocks, um, that gave mm-hmm. like one of the greatest, and even somebody else on Twitter that gave one of the best breakdowns of this match. And I know there's probably many more that they probably even missed, but like, yo, like, it really, it really drove everything home for me with that match, man. Like, uh, it was really good, very well done, and like, like, um, excuse me, the last words of what John Cena was saying about, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, in one of those interviews that he was the most overhyped, and I, I forgot the other words he was saying, and it just turned out that they used that against him in, in the end, where he, he wasn't even talking about Bray Wyatt, that it, it made you think that he was talking about himself. Yeah. And it was just like, man, like Chef's kiss, yo, like they like I'm gonna tell you something, man. You gotta give so much respect to Bray. Yeah. You know, for like cause you understand like all the stuff that he went through. Cause like mm-hmm. really after that John Cena, I mean, I wouldn't even say I I guess you can say after that John Cena match, like you really didn't know where to go with him because he was the chosen one. Like this man literally had the world yeah in his hand mm-hmm. like I don't know what more to say about it like he yeah. was it and some reason they went with Cena but it was just like man I under I understood where Brad came from I understood this that whole journey from all of that until now and it was just good to see it, man let me tell you something, man. I know we talk about a lot of workers and a lot of su- stars, superstars throughout the years, Hall of Famers. Um, but commercial-wise and production-wise, we could talk about the Undertaker. The Undertaker can throw. Undertaker can get thrown into this conversation. Yeah. But based on everything what we've seen, you know, everything that we're going through now, seeing the show we saw last weekend, John Cena is the best thing to ever walk through the doors of the world wrestling We're going to miss him when he's on. We're going to miss him when he's... When he's, Bro. When he's I mean, he's. I, I think like that was like the last time we're going to see him. See him. He's the greatest thing to happen to this company. If John Cena doesn't happen to this company, this company um, isn't what it is today. No, not more, at all. Even more than Rock? Even more than Hulk? Well, I'm fuck, fuck Hulk, Terry. I believe Cena, as far as the wrestling goes, as far as the wrestling goes, all them titles and that face value, because as you see, Rock kind of did the thing where it was like, Rock didn't really leave while he was hot. He didn't really do the mace shit all the way. 
it just so happened that like he be- he was like kind of one foot in, one foot out. I feel you. To where because, his booking, his, go ahead. Because like at one point, it wasn't like I always feel like with Rock's career that he ain't choose Hollywood. Hollywood kind of chose him. That's that's what I'm saying. He kind of had to do what he had to do. You know, when it comes to Cena, he is the guy who's like held it down though. While like kind of having that face value because we picked that Cena kind of had like mad mainstream appearances and was still working. Like he was in like a couple of Nickelodeon movies. He was, yeah, I mean, you know, we about to get into he about to get into his his Dwayne bag now would have been with being part of the fast productions. But I just think that he was really the one. I think the company made some mistakes with other people not giving them the Cena rub like, at certain points in their career. Like, if Kofi would have got that scene, like, they really didn't build up a lot of mid-card guys during that time, neither. That's how you know, was, that's how, that's another reason why he's so valuable to the company. We didn't see a lot of people, you know, get that rub from Cena at that all. DiBiase like, should have got it, Cody should have really got it, and Kofi should have got it. Them was, like, the three. You had the ones who was going to get it. The Tyson kids, he got hurt. Um, Who else? You had certain ones who was, who you had some dogs in there. But like feuds with Cena was like, I mean, I mean, and, and eventually we got like, you know, we got we got to see the summer of punk and that whole thing. And one thing that this made me think about was like, damn, what if we would have saw the punk Cena shit in a version like this? Because you know, punk was kind of talking that same type shit to Cena, but what it was kind of more in the context of you've become what you hate. Yeah, you know I mean, like you were a fan of the Boston Red Sox, but now the Red Sox they got all the chips in the world. You from he called Boston. Dynasty. He called yeah. it your dynasty. Your dynasty. Yeah, he, he called exactly. He called the Yankees. Right? He, he called, called him the Yankees. Yankees. Exactly. So t- talking that talk, it's like, damn, I wonder what a punk Cena shit would have looked like theatrically in that way. But long story short, Cena is the but 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 the it blow, was this the blow kiss to Vince McMahon. Exactly at Money in the Oh my gosh, crazy. But my thing is this, bro. I don't make that statement that John Cena is the greatest thing to happen to this company if I don't see that. Firefly Funhouse match. If we would have had the regular Mania, how we would have had it, I probably don't make that statement. But really seeing it frame by frame and how they was building the story and even getting to some of the Bizarro parts, right? Like the NWO. And like... even like everybody jo- wanted to turn heel. Right. Like that was hard. Like that shit was hard body with the big gold that spray painted, right? And then like all of these things, like the SmackDown fist, you know what I mean? The, the All of this shit, bro. You even had Bray called... Yo, he, he had and then yeah. with thirty and all of these things, bro, it was it was it was so money, and it showed you really what Cena can do for a person in the company that's already like that guy. And I mean, we seen that with Punk, and I'm gonna say it: everybody was on CM Punk dick back then. Everybody want to act like they hate on Yo, CM Punk. I'm a CM Punk guy to the end. I, I I'm gonna call him out. I can say that the man shit is this and that to the third. I can, but that don't mean I gotta like completely diminish his contributions because y'all motherfuckers in this community do that a whole lot. Y'all like to diminish contributions once a motherfucker say one thing that y'all don't like. Anyway, when we saw what we saw at Money in the Bank, it's like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, why didn't we see this with other guys? But but just what, but just seeing this in the way that they did it, man, he the greatest thing that happened to this company, bro. Hands down. It's just like when you see the story just like, like just outlined in this way. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. The biggest thing that happened to this company. I mean, Wrestling-wise and then thus mainstream. I mean, it was just, like, even when he went back to, like, the Bray, because the Bray Wyatt we all know and love, like, 
the fact that Bray can like can do callbacks the way he can. Yeah. I was red in a you know in a world of black and white. We'll get to yeah. that later. Like out and, and then you see him with the, the Wolfpack shirt on and here comes Cena with the black you're like, wait, what? Hold on, fam. Like is even a little comedy shit like the Johnny Strongman shit. That shit was hard. Like this shit seemed like some but, of it seemed like it was like Yeah, bro. It but just he's was playing on that part about how Vince loves the strongmen, the big strongmen shit. Exactly. The bodyguards, they was getting at some shit. They was getting at some shit. Even with the Vince, you know what I mean? This is such good shit shit. Like, they was, it was a variety show. It was Monty Python. It was In Living Color. It was, it was, it was SNL. It was, it was dope. It was wrestling though. It was wrestling variety show, bro. No, the thing was this. We always talk about what we wanted in a wrestling match. Like, the psychology. You didn't get any wrestling in this. No, you didn't get any wrestling. But you got the psychology. <laughs> you got the psychology of it because, like, it broke down everything um, pretty much. It, it, it just... It was just, man, like, I can't... I, I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to say, man. <laughs> yeah. I, just don't, I don't even. It's. It just. You gotta applaud. You gotta it was applaud. art. It became art at one point, bro. It just became art at one point, and it's just you know, uh, from the point where like, where he, you know how John Cena always does the like where he talks to the to the cameraman and everything, how they just they just made everything just. fit the, the narrative. I've never seen a match where everything just fit the narrative. Yeah. And for me, I just thought about you can think about it like it, it was like Westworld meets Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. You know. And like we go through the whole abandoned hope, all ye who exit here and everything. It was just um it was crazy. And like um I found I finally found an article. Shout out to um Brandon Stroud from um from Uprocks. And he was just basically talking about mm. um, where's this one part I wanted to I wanted to say uh like they went from the creation of of him, the back you know, because he was saying that like yo, like after the whole ruthless aggression thing, they were still gonna fire him because yeah. nothing else happened from that. Yeah. You know, um, and then because he said it didn't work, and if you watch, if y'all watch the the ruthless aggression documentary or whatever, he even tells y'all like that was the biggest mistake of his life. Yeah, because that character didn't work. So, and then like when they go to the whole Doctor Thugonomics, that was just him. And, like, one, I didn't know that Ray Mysterio could freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't, Collie, I, didn't know, I didn't know that at all. But uh he was just like, yo, like uh I guess there's somewhere in the article in the article where he was just saying, like, yo, like he had heard people he had heard Rikishi and Ray Mysterio freeze out in the locker room. And mm. there was a Halloween episode of SmackDown coming up, so he was like, Well, you know what? Let me let me have some fun with it. Right. 
and he was supposed to like make fun of Vanilla Ice in the episode, but he just the the thugonomics came out of you know came came from that. And uh, basically, it was just it was a very well well done match, man. I can't I can't speak too much on it. I don't I can't you know I could go on and on about what uh, Brandon Strong from Uprock said, but it was one of the I won't say one of the best matches, but it was definitely one of, one of the best experience, one of the best things that I have experienced through the E. They definitely did their thing on that, man. Um, can't say it enough. So that that was dope, bro. Um, anything yeah, that you would like from from any other than the Firehouse Firefly Funhouse match? Is there anything else that stood out? Yeah, bro. I you. I, so that's the thing. The thing for me that was like the greatest shit was the NWO shit. Yeah. That you know, and also like seeing actually seeing Bray appear in the rocking chair. That's all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what that like, was, when that, he, was, that was that was a thing for me, bro. When he said like, "Yeah, I was, I was red in a color that was black and white," and I was like, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and kind of hearing that Bray again, oh, it was so rough. I, 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 I used to love them promos. I used to love them Bray promos, bro. You didn't know what he was talking about, but it was just poetic. It was just, you, you knew, you know what I mean, depending on what, you know, what the context was of the story at the time. But, yeah, man, Bray, Bray is a, Bray is a, Bray is a, is a, is a wild boy, creative mind, man. Like, they did their shit. They really did their thing, man. Like, because, like, I'm going to go back to one thing this article was saying, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're saying that um, while WrestleMania uh, 30, I mean, yeah, WrestleMania 30 meant so much, was that, yeah, we were, we were just saying that Ray Wyatt was at the, the height of his popularity. And the fact that Cena, when Cena needed to put over this new character and make him, he just didn't. He squ- he like for real, he squashed the shit out of him, bro. Yeah. And because of that, like a lot of people lost their faith in Bray. And he just spent like the next couple of years just doing weird shit. You know, <laughs> bad matches, terrible ideas. Of course, we could talk about the whole what was it, the house of horror shit with uh mm-hmm. with with Randy. Right. No like, dice. The ring. Turn with with like fam. I remember being in Orlando with that whole match with Randy <laughs> and the ring all of a sudden worms and stuff and we like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, so, that wasn't like the the they, the, the, cr- the crowd didn't pop for that. At all. Like I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> and it just like it just reminded us for me that we never saw John Cena change. Hell even his te- even his merch hasn't changed. It's still mm. never give up and all this shit. And it's just like I did want some new Cena shit though. I ain't gonna hold you. I did, but you know, it's all good. You know I wasn't I mean, expecting nothing. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just uh he did say that CM Punk's kiss goodbye to Vince McMahon at Money in the Bank in 2011 suggests that uh Cena's failures are Vince's. Hmm. Yeah. 
that's that's I like uh, that's a good thing. I can and play with that there. Yeah, and basically, you know, they just spent the whole Firefly man saying that like, yo, like you're not the hero that you thought you were. You're the heel. Mm-hmm. You are the heel. And that was just that was just great, man. Dude, that's good storytelling, man. You know, good and evil being interchanged and you know what I mean? Like yeah. Classic shit. Because at the end of the day, when you're 42 years old, at the end of your career, you sacrificed your mom, body, and soul. What all you got? Ruthless exactly. aggression. <laughs> right. And that is why, at the end of it, the Fiend was finally able, you know, Tina finally let the Fiend in. Yeah. But Pretty much. That's enough, yeah, that's enough for that, man. You know, WrestleMania was dope. It definitely exceeded all expectations for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, hope I agree. Do you think we're going to get more cinematic matches? Because, I mean, we, I... we saw one last night with uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Yeah. You know. That was hard. And I think HBK and Terry Taylor produced that match. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy because... Nobody, I don't know if a lot of people saw it. I know a lot of people were talking about it. Killer Cross. My Scott. God. Like, in the beginning of that whole, when he was talking to him before, they, they kind of got interrupted by the first kind of vignette promo from Killer Cross or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then when you see uh, after the match with Ciampa and Gargano, you see, you know, Gargano and, and Candace walking out, and you just see them walking past his car, and the window's slightly down. Yeah. And you see, like, and everybody, like, even I said it. I was like, oh, shit, that's Killer Cross. Yeah. Had to be. Um, my only thing is, man, like, I got one frustration with NXT, man. Mm. And, uh, I know everybody tells me that, like, yo, Candice LeRae is so dope. She's dope. She's this. She's this. She's that. Mm-hmm. NXT has really just made her out to be Mrs. Johnny Gargano. Like, I I haven't seen any personality from her until, like, this match where she turned heel. Yeah. Uh, against Champa or whatever. Yeah. I... I... Oh, boy. Now, for those of us that get into, you know... The indie stuff. Candace is a fucking like Candace is a legend, bro. Yeah. You think about like what the fuck? You think about PWG. I ain't even gotta get into it, man. All yeah, I know is bla- that. like I've seen I've seen the pictures of her bloody eating all that stuff, man. I I, I know. The matches I was know. classic matches. Yeah, so when you think about like who she is to a lot of us, you know what I mean, from from years ago, it's like it is it is it is kind of frustrating, you know what I mean? Just being like, damn, like, all right, Candace, all right, you check for this week, all right, fuck with it, all right, cool. You know, you see her getting the FaceTime, and, and, you know, because for a while, I was like, damn, where Candace at? Like, about, you know, when they first got there, and, you know, you would see Candace supporting Johnny, I'm like, damn, like, they just got her in a fucking Gargano t-shirt, cool, all right, you know. And then, okay, then you see her, but then it's like, I don't, I don't really accept, you know what I mean? I, it's, they, they it's try, not. It's, it's not matched up. Her, uh, certain programs. I know she had some with Io Shirai for a minute. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that totally clicked or whatever. I mean, it clicked for Io because I'm everybody. Yeah. Loves that heel turn. Right. That, yeah. 
but not necessarily for her. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see where this goes, man. If it turns out that we're just gonna get Killer Cross and Scarlet versus, you know, versus Johnny and Candace, then hey, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens, man. We'll, yeah, we'll that should that should yeah, that's that should be some shit. I just wonder what the story is gonna be. My only thing is just like, man, I don't want this to be close, like, because I've heard that they're gonna be recording the episodes, doing the, we've called them the Smack Small Room, you know, shows. Right, exactly. I don't <laughs> want to see these. I need to see Killer Cross come out where like there's a crowd and it means something. That type of debut, yeah. They should hold. They should hold it. I definitely see more theatrical stuff being done. I definitely hope that it starts getting mixed in. With like real like hot white hot money programs, yeah, you know, you just can't for do you. it with everything. No, what I mean is like like building up. So I think that what they could start doing though, like I know we get like we get like the standard like video packages. You might get some shots of confessionals, some workout shots, some shots from weeks before when you know two yeah. you know whatever you know different issues that happen. But I would appreciate if we were to get things that were kind of closer to this for the build up. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I really think it's a lot of dope shit you could do with, like, build-ups and music and just a whole lot of dope shit they could do. Were you happy with the Drew, uh, the Drew match? I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I, either way, you know, put it on him. I was very happy with the fact I didn't that, wanna like... See the eight, I didn't want to see eight finishers. That was yeah. my only thing. Right. I, I really didn't expect to get... I really didn't expect to get the match that I wanted to see. I mean... With 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 the titles that change hands, it's like okay, like we, we, you know, I just knew that it's like okay, change the titles, so you can start setting up this shit for the near future. I think with Drew, I was just you know I was just waiting on this day for for the longest because I've always liked Drew, even going back to uh back in the day. You know what I mean? Like I really felt like him, Heath and uh, Gender were three dogs that, you know, one of them was going to get day day one day, but I just I, I was always favoring like that who was like real true dogs and it's like you know the company always say they favor people right we hear that a lot of times and sometimes it don't go as planned you know what i mean you might have his plans for a guy and then you know the business happens what right else? yeah but i remember when that day came for drew like i remember reading the article and i'm like okay all right drew not around but seeing him on the bit you know on, on on the come up again priceless bro Hey, I tell anybody, I saw this match between him and uh, a guy named Anthony Bowen. Anthony okay. Bowen. Watch that. Yo, that match, top notch, bro. Top yeah. notch match. Top notch. Got gotcha. Bowen. Very great match, man. Um, I'm glad he won the I'm glad he won the title. Um, my only takeaway is that I didn't really want to see all those finishers. Um, I like heel, Drew. Me too. That's um, what he, yeah. I just don't think, at. like, he doesn't really, for me, for me, he doesn't really connect as a face. Not just I like, when, I like yeah. when he got that scowl and when he just, you know, don't give a fuck or whatever. Yeah. And I hope, like, his run doesn't, as champion doesn't, you know, end up like his NXT run. Me too. Yeah. I feel because you wholeheartedly. It just got stale. And it got really stale when Adam Cole came in. Yeah, because who was two? Who was the transitional champion? Okay, so Drew had it. Then who got it after Drew? Was it was it Andrade? 
No. The title? Yeah, remind me. Who got it after Drew? Did Andrade? I think Andrade did get the title. So that's the thing. Drew was the transitional champion when you think about it. And that's why that shit was ass. Because it wasn't, it ain't really giving no real word. Because, like, I just know in Brooklyn, he can't, like, uh, Adam Cole and them came out of nowhere. That was the show. I love that show to this day. That Brooklyn show was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I I was in Philly. But I was telling my girl, like, yeah, I think my boys is uh, going to do their thing tonight. It might get a little real in here. Bro, them fools came out. She looked at this screen, looked at me. She said, oh, God. Because she remember Adam Cole from Wrestle Kingdom 11 when he beat Kyle O'Reilly for the ROH title. Yeah. That, was the same, that, was the same, that was the same Wrestle Kingdom where they had, where it was uh, Okada and Kenny. They six-star joint. But it was that same Wrestle Kingdom where I had popped for that match. And the match wasn't that long. I'm just like, man, my boy's at the Tokyo Dome. But that that show is like one of my all-time favorite takeovers, bro, just for that debut. Just like, it it was just crazy. Just crazy, yeah. man. Um, all right. <laughs> Enough wrestling. Let's get into the culture, man. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I gotta, you, you know, I can't just talk about it. I gotta play it. You know, I can't just talk about it. Where we at? Where you, you know, it's not saved on my phone, but you know, you, 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 we gotta play it. Yeah. Where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Where we at? I got you. I got you. Like it. It is here. What is what everybody been waiting on? I guess. <laughs> 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 oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. He's out. He's free. Pop these niggas like a willy nigga. You a silly nigga. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. If y'all, if y'all don't know from what you heard, the young bull, Takashi69, he is a free man due to the Roni. And, and because he got asthma, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So uh, Takashi Six Nine was supposed to get out on uh, was supposed to get out in August mm-hmm. uh, for testifying against the Nine Trey Gangster Bloods. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Because of the coronavirus and because he has an illness, a respiratory illness, uh, they, his lawyers talked to the judge. His judge had no problem with it. FBI had no problem with it. And now he is out. He's been out since this week, since last weekend. Last mm-hmm. week. um, and he's kind of been trolling a little bit, you know, on on the internet a little bit. You yeah. Know, on Instagram. 
I know on his bio, on his Instagram, I saw he's like, everybody's a bitch. I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did. Anything. And then uh, there was, I guess there was this, he had retweeted or he, he had posted a, an article or whatever, a picture of an article saying that uh, this country or some somewhere, they're going to start like rewarding people for snitching or whatever. Yeah. He's like, on my way. <laughs> oh boy so oh boy all right man if y'all listen if y'all listen to my previous show to those marks uh mm-hmm. me and my former co-host we actually was at a was very sentimental toward you know toward that whole situation yeah but um now it's just I I don't even know no more, man. Um, I say uh, for anybody who's like, "Yo, man, fuck six nine. This is that a third. You're entitled to how you feel." But I always tell, um, I'm not always, not always, but uh, recently when I've had this conversation about six nine, I've I've told people, "Yo, man, you should really listen to this uh, audio podcast documentary." Um. That complex. I know a lot of people hate complex, but mm-hmm. including myself. But because Angie <laughs> Martinez was behind it, you know, mm-hmm. I I got aboard because anything that Angie Mar the Angie Martinez is gonna do is gonna have some validity to it. Yeah. So uh, I always tell people like listen to this uh, to the six nine docu- documentary podcast whatever that she's doing because she get she dives fully into this whole thing with Takashi yeah his upbringing to where he you know where we last left him before mm-hmm. we went to jail and everything it is it's very good yeah. shout out to uh shout out to Bar. shout out to um Sean Sotero uh he, I think he followed me on um on Twitter Cause I said something about it. It was it was really good. Um, it's on Spotify. It's really really good. I suggest <clears throat> I, I suggest people really do uh, listen to the episode. They're like maybe 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, not that long. Um, but yeah, infamous the Takashi Six Nine story. It's eight episodes. Um, I haven't listened to like the last three just because. Uh, I don't know. I, I just didn't want to like run because as soon yeah, as I went like to the first left, one, bro. huh? I got I got like four left. I ain't done yet either. Yeah, like as soon as I went to like the first one, like I just ran through. Like I got to like episode like four, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just running through all of them right now. Yeah, you gotta sit with them. Yeah, you gotta sit with them. It's really, it's really, really good. They're mm-hmm. really, really good because she talk. She's talking to like old managers, old people that he like the old scum gang that like took him in and everything. Like the hairdresser who inspired the rainbow color. Like the tattooist who told him not to put six nine all over his body. Like she gets into it. Yeah. So I mean six nine is free man and uh he plans on releasing two albums, one in English and one in Spanish. Um I know you're a man about principles and principalities. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how how did you feel when I heard the news that he was getting up? Yeah. Um, 
for one, I just want to say that I do not believe in um, the type of incarceration we see in this country. I I think we both can agree on this. That is that is this is, is horrible, right? And that uh, prison, as we know it in the United States, uh, should be abolished in the way that it is. So, like, if we could find another way to help or rehabilitate people who have not had the greatest hand of life dealt to them, I would, you know, I I, I think that would be great. So I just want to start it off on that uh, uh, note. But so, 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 you know, to hear that people get out of jail, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, the, the motherfucker getting out, you fighting your case, whatever, whatever. And so, for me, I didn't necessarily try to do the thing where, like, I was looking at 6 ix case through the eyes of, like, some, like, OG Stone Cold, like, OG, right? Because at the end of the day, like, I, like, like, that's not who I am, right? That's not me, I, you know? We know yeah, people but, like that. But we both, but, I mean, we've talked, like, we both have touched, you know, have, I won't say, we we know people we that are yeah. about that. Yeah, Ex- exactly, know. right? So when, thinking about it on that level. We have connections. Like, yeah, thinking about it on that level, and it's like, okay, this kid in particular, though, is like, you know, all right, cool, like, you're getting out, like, this thing going on. You know, I, it's, 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 it's interesting, man, because the 6 9 thing is going to be a really interesting case study. And I'm really glad that Angie did that work because, like, that's what real journalism is, number one. And number two, this phenomenon known as 6 9 is, like, it's anything. It's about this kid from New York who, like, is this, like, white Mexican bull who say nigga. And, like, it's a really fascinating story. And so, like, in the grand scheme of, like, case studies, I... I I go. I, I was recently watching like American Vandal. Like I just started getting into that on Netflix, and like it's real interesting what you could do. Like you know, the, just journalistically when you have a case and like a, a life and in a situation and situations, right? Plural as interesting as this. But to hear that he was getting out, I'm just like, yeah, man. Like you know, he's the one that got away. And I, I if it's anybody, I'm glad it's him because you obviously don't know what you're doing, and. It's real messed up that this young man's whole life was going to be taken from him because, and, and again, this could start sounding like something, right? Like, start sounding like I'm feeling sorry for the boy. But we living in a real crazy-ass world and crazy-ass times, and people do some real crazy-ass desperate shit. Yeah. And I would like to think that, that this kid really stopped growing when he was, like, like he, like, he stopped mentally growing when he was about, like, 13 or 14. Because, like, we know for a fact that, like, his father was murked. You know what I mean? Murk. Like, and he came back and seen that. You know what I mean? Yeah, gotta, he told, he told his father he didn't want to go to the store. Right. And he that could have been him. Yeah, you know I mean? And, um, you know, we're we, we dealing with real complex individuals here. You know what I mean? I just don't want to make this all about, like, clout chasing and this and that. But we're dealing with real complex individuals in real complex times and dire times. And, no um, pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but <laughs> but it's like when I heard the news, I'm just like, he he's the one that got away, and I'm glad it's him, man, because like that shit will swallow you in a minute if you're not really, you know, if if that's not what's going on with you. Yeah, you know I mean, like, and so I really hope that I I I think still he's going to be using this to an advantage to be able to like you know, capitalize off of the moment. Like, he calling himself a snitch and shit already. It's like, this boy even learn yet? I'd say he's going to be doing his thing. He's still going to be joking and all of that. But it's like, um, 
he just the one that got away. So I just really hope he tread lightly because you're not you you're not in witness protection, is he? I don't even know. I don't. I've, I've been looking up information. Uh, no, he he can't. He's not. Like he can't be because it's like he's about releasing albums, like. <laughs> You know, but it's 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 real interesting, man, and I just uh, it's real, real interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, other I, I wonder why other people ain't get let out too. Yeah, you know I mean, um, but it's well, like, Kuda Kuda B, he was uh, he got out. He okay, was, that's what's up. He got he actually got out before six nine. All right, cool. But he almost fucked his shit up or whatever because he was on somebody's Instagram live smoking and drinking. Can't do that, bro. You're in violation. You know, can't um, do that. And you're supposed to be out. You're supposed to be doing like homeschooling and shit. You know, while you out or whatever. Like, yeah. Like you can't. You can't do that. Nah. Um, I hope he stays low. You know, I hope he gets low, man. You know, that's you got to in these times. <laughs> Did you see the little drawing? Right, he saw it on Instagram. It's like the John um. With the cheese, with the gel suit on and shit. Yeah, it's like, bro, any like, and Philip, we got the same on how like sometimes the situation is like anything, is like it's basically like another way of saying like shit is nonsensical, bro. That, he actually changed his Instagram that, profile to that, huh? He actually changed his is, <laughs> but this is the thing, like, oh like we God. heard, that, like we heard it on the show, like mm-hmm. he's savvy. Very. He's savvy. He know what he's Very. doing. I, I give him that. He know what he's doing. Yeah. Um. Like you just you just can't. Like you, you. I for one, I'm interested to see what he does next, man. Uh, Me too. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, gang banging is an interesting thing, man. It's it, just it, like... It is. I remember... <laughs> this is like one of my first uh, introductions to gang banging or whatever. Uh, and I really didn't get really... Like, you hear about it in music and, you, you know, you have friends, you know, you know, you hear about it, you, you kind of see it, but you don't really, really see it or whatever because, like, um, I graduated high school in South Carolina. So in Charleston, you really... I guess I, I mean, there's gang activity, but I guess I really didn't see gang activity. I, I, I wasn't around it to, to see it. You know, um, like, I know, like, my sister, my sister claims GD or whatever. Um, but my sister only claimed GD because I was away in military. I was away in the military. And she was just like, yo, like, I, like, you weren't, I didn't have no, no OGs around me. Like, you were my OG at that point. I didn't have nobody around me. So, like, I was like, fuck it. You know, but um, when it comes down to, like, Bloods and Crips, I really didn't have, like, a real big experience with that until I moved to California when I was in the military and everything. And that's because that's where you see it all over. Um, I remember I had this homeboy. <laughs> Uh, when I got out, because I was still staying in California at the time, he was like, yo, now nah, we're going to put you on the hood. I'm like, what? Yeah, we're going to put you on the hood, whether you like it or not. Why? Because you you know, you, you hang around us. 
because the girl who I did at the time, like, she wasn't in it, but like the friends who I who I work who it were bloods. Like I had like three, four homies, like straight up. You know, Trey P, uh, Pyru, all that, like, and they're like, yo, like, we're gonna put you on the hood because God forbid something happens to you and because they see that you out with us and you just be alone and something happens to you. So like we're gonna put you on the hood. And I'm like, no, y'all not. Like this happened for like two, three months. Like my homeboy used to tell me all the time, yo, put you on the hood today. No, you're not. Like I'm like 25 years old. Like what how do no, that doesn't right. make sense. <laughs> and then the one day I was just like, Alright, fine, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. He's like, all right, you ready for your 31? I'm like, wait a minute. What? What what are we talking about? What's a what's a 31? <laughs> like and they break it down like Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, and it felt like I was in a movie because like once he said like 31, like all the niggas like just like came out of nowhere. I was just like, oh whoa, whoa, hold up, fam. Like, <laughs> Y'all just like y'all, y'all like right, like y'all just like packed up in a van somewhere. Like what the fuck? Like we're we're like all like chilling at my girl's house. Or whatever, no, like, no, no. I see what you saying. I'm saying like that. That I'm saying that that would have been my expression if I were you. Yeah, that's how I was. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. where the fuck did y'all come from? Like right, <laughs> like like the conversation was just me and you at first. It just like felt like niggas like came out of the bushes and shit. Like right. out of the closet. Like thirty one. Right. For people who don't know. You know, 31 is when, you know, you got to throw down for 31 seconds. Um, mm. And when he said that, and I was like, nah, fam. <laughs> I'm, 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 like, I'm, I'm like, yo, I'm not actually blessed in. I ain't actually, but I ain't fighting all y'all niggas. Yeah, it'd be forceful recruitment tactics. Because you take an <laughs> ass whooping from 15 niggas for 30 seconds. And then you're on your ass for 13 seconds, you're getting your shit beat. But then, two days later, three days later, like, these niggas that just beat the shit out of you. And, and most, and you said, you, this shit a lot of times be happening to teenagers. Yeah. These niggas will get down. They, that's, they'll get down with you because they beat your ass, and now this two days later they respecting you and putting bread in your pocket for taking an ass whooping. You damn right these niggas gonna say they're a part of this group. That's how Tukey Williams was getting niggas. Tukey Williams was like, yo, give me a dollar. Niggas like what? And Tukey Williams was a was a big nigga, so he like, yo, give me a nigga. These teenage young boys, some of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, you play football. Give me a dollar. Give me two dollars. You ain't got no money. And he had knock a young boy out, and that's how he was blessed then. But they ain't know it until like a week later. Yeah, Tukey, remember that dollar you asked for? Tukey give a young boy twenty. Tukey give a young boy fifty. Yeah, you gangster crip. It's it's simple. Simp- that, that's I, you know out west with the colors. That's that recruitment tactics, and all the young niggas they do the same shit today. Yeah, and a lot of people think that it's again. No, 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 niggas. Like life in California is a lot like a fucking interlude on a on a Kendrick Lamar CD. Because like I've been through it. Like, hey, I've been on seven, uh, you know, seven eighth of Vernon, you know, out on Crenshaw. Like, hey, where your people stay? Crenshaw Mafia. That run like, like real quick. Like around Lamar Park. Lamar. I mean, excuse me, Lamar Park. Like. Hey fam, like where your peoples? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> like you gotta get familiar. You gotta get familiar real, real quick. Hey, listen, I ain't from around here, but my peoples, 
They over there, they stay on 87 Vernon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know them over there. All right. Say who? What's their name is? Oh, Blase, Blase, Blase Squad. All right. All right, fam. All right, cool. You know. A lot of that. A lot of that, bro. It's, it's crazy. Thing. Next year, niggas, you know, niggas better be careful. It should be cool next year out there. It shouldn't be no too crazy. Just, just don't, you know. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of niggas think y'all, like, WrestleMania is, oh, WrestleMania, we're going to Hollywood. No, they no, they not, niggas. They going to Inglewood. Mm. Y'all going to Inglewood. Inglewood is like a, a railroad track from Compton. You Like, you go over a railroad track, you're in Compton, you go over, it's, it's like back in the day, we used to look at the White House and then you turn around and you see the fucking projects and shit. It's Literally. just like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like that. So a lot of niggas like, oh, you know, WrestleMania and Hollywood's going to, no, it's not going to be sweet, niggas. It's, it's, it's really not. It's not going to be, it's not downtown LA. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be a, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be downtown LA. Like, They're going to be at the new Rams drawing, right? The new Rams stadium? No, no. They, they going, I think they're going to be at, like at the Forum. The Rams not building a stadium in, uh, in Englewood? A new drawing? Because I think they're going to do both. The Rams building a new drone, and then the the form going to be where, like, they, they do the, you know, the indoor show. Because the Rams getting a whole new joint. Huh. Yeah. I don't know Supposedly. if it's, it's going to be, so be at the Rams stadium, but I thought it was going to be, like, in a form. Yeah, they can't. They only, they only can put, like, 50 in there for Mania. Oh, then it might be at that new uh, Rams stadium then. It might yeah, be if, if 50. If that. Yeah, yeah, it I might. Yeah, yeah, it might be that new Ram Stadium there, but still, yeah. she's, she's still ain't sweet over there. Yeah, cause uh, what's 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 our girl name? Jane Doe. That's her display name, but her I forget her at name on Twitter. She she from she from Inglewood, and she was basically saying that yeah, basically like all this shit is like you know the gentrification process seemed like it's pretty complete, and you know that's why they was like because the stadium almost done. So I'm 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 gonna look up though. I'm gonna see if that shit really finishing. You know what I mean? All that shit. Yeah, I just hope like y'all niggas just hey, I'm trying to be out there next year, but hey, it. I mean, shit. Don't go to jungle. It's like no. So <laughs> hey, y'all niggas yeah. gonna be uh, y'all niggas gonna be out here like like how Justin Bieber was doing push-ups and singing <laughs> and shit. <laughs> he had to get on his shit, bro. Yo, yeah, my, nigga, my nigga car broke down. He was in a pickle. Yo, they had that nigga out there dancing. Bro, he was in a pickle, you hear me? Like, <laughs> crazy. Oh, crazy. But yo, man, like, yeah, um, 6 9 we just we just hope he's safe, man. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be safe. I think he's he going to be cool. Yeah, I was watching the Cam interview. And Cam was like, everybody seemed like, you know, 6'9". He was saying, he was like, what y'all want me to do? Beat him up? Like, you know, Cam, he got, you know, Cam Cam affiliated, right? We know this. But it's like, when the niggas are saying, it's like, I ain't about, you know, that young boy, man, like, he ain't, you don't get no points for hating on him, really. You don't get no points for doing nothing to him. And, you know, so, you know, this, you know, let the young, let that young boy learn from it. He, got, he had a hard-ass life, got a hard-ass life. This nigga's the he saw an opportunity. Yeah, the the niggas who rolled with him and used him saw an opportunity. Right. It just 
things happen how they happen, man. Right. Speaking of things happening how they happen, um, so uh, over the weekend, uh, Floyd Mayweather's daughter Yaya was arrested for stabbing rapper NBA Young Boys, one of NBA Young Boys' baby mamas. Mm-hmm. Got like, she got like eight of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess he she caught him in the house with another girl with the baby mama, or whatever. He had security escort her out. She snuck around the back, got in, started throwing hands with with the girl and everything. I guess she figured she was losing. Yeah. So she just started shanking. New Jack. Yeah. Uh, I saw some videos like there was or pictures. There was like blood all over the floor. Um. She was arrested. She was quickly bailed out. Because we saw NBA Young Boys live like later on that night, and he had like woke her up. She looked like one of the people from Scary Straight when you wake him up. <laughs> he, was, yeah, right. <laughs> he, was, like, he was like walking around the house yelling. He was like, "Hey, hey, yelling, I yell at him." And she was like, she just woke up. He, it was on his live, huh? It was on his live. Yeah, like that's how she looked when she woke Whoa, up. Why he's so wild? Bro. Because yeah. Kodak Black. Okay. So yeah. this whole situation is caused the whole beef with Kodak Black. Kodak Black was like, because I guess there's some word in the street is saying that he cooperated with the feds. So Kodak was like, yo, like, if, he's like, yo, if that's true, like, that could be damaging to your whole image. Like, that's basically what he was, that's how it started. That's what he was saying. Like, yo, I don't, he was like, yo, that don't make sense. He was saying that it don't make sense to him. And he was just like, and if that did happen, like, yo, where were your OGs at to talk to you? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's basically where, from what I read from the whole Kodak statement, that's where he was coming from. Yeah. He was like, I don't know if it's true, but they saying you said this. But if you did say this, where were your OGs at? So, young boy saw this shit, and he goes completely yeah, he snapped. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he snapped as soon as he saw that shit. Yeah, so that's where you see the live. He's like, yo, you talking about my wife? My wife? And, da, 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 da. and that's like, he started waking her up and shit. She looked like she was on scared straight and shit. Gotcha. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, okay. So it goes from that and Kodak Black, which I don't know how, oh, well, I won't say I don't know how. It's niggas in prison. Of course, they can get their hands on a cell phone. <laughs> so he was just like, Kodak Black has just been like trolling us and he's like, yo, you my son. Like, yo, you, mm. like, like, come on, man. You want to be like me. Like, they post up a picture of him, like, with this, doing a picture, and Kodak, and NBA Young Boy, another picture, doing, like, the exact same thing. He's like, yo, you like my son. Like, I got you, man. When I, it, it's all right, man. I, I don't got no, nothing against you, homie. I don't got, it, it's all love, man. Because yeah, they got some work together, too, I think. Yeah, and then there's, like, this interview, like, from, like, a couple months ago, where Young Boy was just like, yo, Kodak just the realest nigga out because he don't give a fuck. He like, yo, they think I'm fucked up. Yo, Kodak, he real fucked up or whatever. Yeah. So, um, this whole thing, man, this whole shit is just crazy right now because they've been going back and forth talking about each other online. And I just, 
one, this is an unfortunate situation because, like, yo, this is the mother of your kids. Or kid, or whatever. That your girl, like, there have already been, like, tumultuous things that has happened in this relationship. You know, one, you call her daddy, Floyd Mayweather, a bitch-ass nigga. Yeah, I don't know. What was that about? I don't know. <laughs> but... There's only two people I've ever heard call Floyd Mayweather a bitch ass nigga. <laughs> Just NBA Young Boy. <laughs> T.I. <laughs> <laughs> Rappers. That shit crazy. And it's like, like, yo, like, why would you. Even, like, Floyd, I ain't never seen Floyd say nothing about, you know, about that shit. Yeah. Like, but all you ever see when, when it comes down to Young Boy and this girl, they either. Argue with each other, they fighting about something. He made the song Dirty Ayana after her. Oh, you never heard where he tried to where he flipped the Dirty Diana song? Oh, that's what everybody was talking about? Yeah. It's about her. That's a the I okay. So that's the thing. I be seeing certain phenomena and certain shit on Twitter, and I'll just like scroll. Like I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get some of the context and I'll be like, all right, this is like a popular point of conversation right now. I'll say if I say some more and if I really get the whole story. But yeah, but so it was. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, that boy is an interesting boy. Yo, so it's just like, fam, like what is going on? Yeah, but this is just it. This is getting crazy about a minute, man. Um, this girl's facing twenty years to life. 20 years to life. Because, like, this, the girl, like, she barely survived. Yeah, she in bad shape, right? Yeah. That's no bueno. Damn. You know. Oh, my God. It was, like, 20000 to get out. Yeah. You know, of course, that's, like, chump change to be a young boy because, like, yeah. nigga, make, nigga make millions up. The nigga's, like, one of the highest searched people on YouTube ever. In yeah. Yeah. Right, like he's basically Soldier Boy 2000, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so I mean, it's it's just it's wild, man. Um, and plus, like, if I'm NBA Young Boy, I just got off of probation. Yeah, all this shit surrounding me. Why do I want this around? But hey, man, it's clout. Yeah, I don't know if it's clout. I don't know what it is, man. But it, it's it's crazy. Strange. Well, he seemed to be built for a lot. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, he ain't stabbed nobody in this situation. He doesn't walk because this is his mom. You know, is even on live talking about if y'all run, you know, if y'all keep on talking about my my son, I hope he shoots y'all. I don't want him to shoot y'all, but if y'all like it, it's crazy, man. Wow, it's crazy. It's real crazy. Um, thoughts and praise to the to the young woman, to the young lady mm-hmm. who was stabbed. Um. The Mayweather family is this is, hasn't been a, a, a good twenty twenty for them. Mm, you know, yeah, from, um, from Roger right. Mayweather Roger. from Roger Mayweather passing to um I know Floyd's um baby mama Josie passing. Like it's mm. just been a lot of lot of stuff going on with the Mayweather family as of late. So, you know, hey, keep them in our, our hearts and prayers, man. Hopefully right. you know, Absolutely. resolution. So um this is gonna be one of uh, this is this is how we gonna end the show tonight. Um, one, somebody told me that um, I just want to say this. 
they said uh some I asked somebody if they had heard the G, the new Jeezy album. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, it sounded like Jeezy done went from a dope seller and matured to like a forex trader. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh man. They said this is like a nigga. This is four X trade rap right here. Four <laughs> X trade. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And I thought that was hilarious. I was like laughing, but oh my god! Yeah, so he graduated from being a dope boy to a four X trader. <laughs> but if y'all haven't gotten the 2020 Pyrex vision from Jeezy, it is is a, a he's back with Shawty Red. is is great. It's a great uh, it's a great EP. You know, mm. you, it's an adult Jeezy. He's yeah. mature Jeezy. It's it's a good album. Yeah. Even though he's marrying a girl who once said on national television that um black men are great side pieces. Yeah. And that you, you marry a white man, but black men are side pieces. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, what were you gonna say? Just racist. There's some racist shit. I, I ain't about to get another. I ain't about to. You know, I be giving titles and shit. And, it's just blatant. Just blatant just, racist. Just, just, just racist. You know what I mean, we ain't gotta. And she said that on a stage full of white, full of black women. Mm-hmm. And some of them black women in there, I'm sure, got black sons. Well, Tamara. The, well, she's no. Some of the women in the audience. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, why are you saying that? Yeah, it's crazy. So, but Jeezy, um, man, like, go ahead. No, no, what are you about to say? No, I'm just saying, Jeezy, man. I, I, I'm glad we did get something like this, though, because I remember when, like, you know, when Tod Three came out, and you know, I knew it was. I was, we knew it wasn't going to be two, or you know, to, to the national acclaim, and, and that you know, that being like a mixtape, but. I'm just still glad we get to hear the guy, man. Like Jesus, definitely, definitely, definitely. Often, like interchange, like when I, you know, I got about like five, six favorite rappers, but he's definitely up there, like in that Mount Rushmore. I um, knew when it dropped. I knew I had the holiday yeah. shoot because I was, I was like, yo, man, this, this is great for for love. Yeah. I was like, yo, Jesus. I was like, yo, Jeezy dropped. I was like, I was like, Gotti. I was like, I know he's, you know, he's still going over the Gotti. I was like, yo, but Jeezy just dropped. I was like, this. And gonna I, be you the one that told me he was like, yeah, it's red doing the whole thing. I'm like, what? Oh, Joe, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm like, let's get it. Like, Yeah, when I yeah. heard Shawty Red, I was like, Shawty Red? Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, you was the one that told me. I was yeah. like, Fuck. I was happy. It's, it's a great, it's, it's eight songs, man. Yeah. I rock with about at least four to eight. Yeah. Four, five to eight, you know. Yeah, you can spend that, John. It's a good, it's a good, the, John. I'll definitely I, cook to it a few times already. I ended up listening, like, food I cooking, love the food first cooking, track. Food cooking. I love yeah. the first track. The first track yeah. is my favorite song on there. Yeah. Because I feel like that's classic Jeezy to me. I feel like that's classic that's classic Jeezy to me. Mm. Yo, What's your so, favorite Jeezy album? Maybe one. Jeezy album? Um, I mean, you can say 101, but... um, And 101 came out of my birthday, and that's not my favorite Jeezy album. To be, to be real, though... Mm. Recession. Thank you. Finally. See, now I know why I'm up here. Finally, bro. See, this is what I'm trying to get at. So my thing is this. 
recession. Everybody loved talking one oh one because it's like it's like doped out and like, you know, you get hove and Bro, it's something out. So when the recession came out, that was my junior year of high school. But people don't know that one on one is basically just like everything from if from trap or die from trap or die mixtapes. Yeah, that's that's all. I mean, and we heard and, and we knew what that was about. Like that whole we basically so that's the thing when when one on one came out. I never forget this was my birthday and I was in the city of New Orleans. It was with my first summer down south, and then months later I was I went to North Carolina. This is my dad, folks, and them, and then this is my grandpa hometown. Of Charleston in South Carolina, but when I remember hearing the one on one in Charleston, yeah, that was my first summer in. Yo, that my I first, was, that my first I summer was in Charleston. I was in Charleston around that time when one on one dropped. Like, bro, let me tell you. So that that particular day though, I was in New Orleans. Like when the album dropped on my birthday, I was in New Orleans, and then like by the time we got to August, I was yeah. you know what I mean. I was in between. I was in between North and South. But bro, that was my first summer down south, and it was like Im- immediately like Jeezy became like God. everything to me. Yeah, because he was this chubby boy. I was a chubby boy. Like I'm like, yo, this boy got some, you know. But in 2008, though, by then I was a junior in high school, and by then I had a little bit of experience under my belt with certain things in this life that the life of being a black man brings. Mm-hmm. And when that recession album came out, bro, I was like, he's talking some shit here. And he, it, he still gave you the, the dope talk, but it was like, like it, was, it was principle. It was it was political because of mm-hmm. the situation going on. Yeah, I mean, it was like that's Jeezy's best album, bro. Hands yeah. down, hands yeah. down. Definitely, definitely. I don't. I mean, you don't see a lot about the one on one series and everything, but recession was just top different. Of like you just everything from the recession intro. To you know, put on to uh, like man, this is the just, shit he was talking like. Um, ambition as a rider, where he puts ambition as a rider, like yeah, like I hear just, y'all talk that work shit. That's cool. Yeah, like, that don't mean shit. I don't know you. Like yeah, like that's some that, real shit. that album, man. That album. Yeah. Um, one of these next episodes though, we got to get into Gibbs and. Jeezy, because it's a, it's a situation that breaks my heart. We definitely do. It we always do. We definitely, <laughs> do. we never really talked about it. No, no, we haven't. It's definitely something that we it needs to be talked about. Yeah. So let's let's dive into this though, um, because we we are in the two thirty mark. Yeah. Uh, so let's bring so let's bring so let's bring them home with this. Um. Mm-hmm. So recently, uh. Danielle Bregnoli, whatever her name is. Um, yeah. The Catch Me Outside girl. She's been a... Uh, a lot of things have changed with her. You know, um, it started with her hair. You know, she started getting the, uh, you know, the box braids and everything. You know, different hairstyles like our sisters and everything. Uh, more recently, she's looking different. She's a lot tanner. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people are accusing her of black fishing. Yeah. I don't know what black fishing is. Black fishing is like, um, I'm going to give y'all the what you call it right now. The 
I can't give y'all the Nodge definition. We got to give y'all the the real definition. Oh, damn. That's the first thing that comes out. So, <laughs> black fishing from Urban Dictionary is uh, commonly perpetrated by females of European descent, white, which involves artificial tanning, spray tanning and tanning booths, and using makeup to manipulate facial features in order to appear or have some type of black or African ancestry. The general point of black fishing is for a female of European descent to appear of African, Arab, or Hispanic ancestry. Some have considered this to be equivalent to modern-day blackface because it capitalizes off the looks of historically oppressed groups of people by people who come from more privileged backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Now, this has really been a hot subject um, as of late. You know, this not this is before Bad Baby. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at the picture. I'm looking at her picture now, like how she was a couple months ago to how she is now with her dark. With it's very noticeable. Um, yeah. And so, like we've seen this. You know, people have said this about Kim Kardashian. People said this about Kylie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> other people. Um. And a lot of people have, uh, they have called this, uh, well, in the article, Girls United by Essence, the author, Brooklyn White, has called the act of black fishing racism at its core. And um, and criticizes people, people like Regnoli, who uh, adopts the elements of our culture, black culture, and black style for profit. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, it is painful to watch someone cash in, no pun intended, um, cash in <laughs> on your actual lifestyle and look, especially when you're still vilified for being your authentic self. So how long will we crucify black girls for being black girls while uplifting white women for jocking our essence? So, um, bad baby, she took the controversy surrounding her look and said, there's millions of people sick Thousands dying every day. Y'all worried about me getting makeup done for a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm usually the wild one, but y'all need to chill and focus on what's important right now. Now, a lot of people are saying uh, it's makeup, it's filters and lighting, you know, and that people should get over you. People should get over themselves because Italians get tanned and a full face of makeup makes you look darker. But yo, man, like I'm looking at this picture right here, uh, of her, and I'm pretty sure you've seen the photos. Yeah. If that ain't black fiction, I don't know what is. It's an intent, and really, what's going on here? So you know, bad baby, this this you know Danielle Bergoglio, this young individual, bless her. Um, a lot of times, man, when you get these young people that come from really not great situations like you know we we can all go back to the first time we saw this young person you know mm-hmm. um or or, or 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 when they first were seen publicly um and you know it wasn't a great situation then and you know you just know that this young person is probably misinformed in a lot of ways looking for a lot of uh ways out of a current situation whether that be through music or a television show or whatever the case is you know just really misinformed and you know 
So number one, yes, the pictures are they do fall under the exam of under this example of black fishing because like we all know at the end of the day that like the Instagram, like it takes certain things to get an Instagram like these days if you're a woman. Right. And we know that like when when you are a woman and depending on you know if you have an Instagram or not, boom. But then it's like, okay, once you have that Instagram, like what's on it, what's getting the likes, what are the aesthetics or the features that are that 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 would incline people to press the, the heart right or to double tap, and so if you, I'm sure if we were to do studies, and I'm sure studies on this, you know, that you know, women who are presenting a certain aesthetic right in their Instagram photos probably receive higher grat- higher levels of gratification. Now, when we talk about what do these women look like that's in these pictures, most times they're black women. Or they're non-white women um, who do a million and one things with their hair, right? They do a million and one things with their outfits. They do a million and one things with their bathing suits, and it and it's all aesthetically pleasing to many different graphic, many different demographics of people, right? Like some some you know you got us, right? That look at Instagram with a certain eye. You got other women who do. You got younger kids who like it's fucked up, but they in high school and they you know what I'm saying looking at who's out here and everything. Um, so it's products being sold, right? So when we see what's being sold, like the most, and what's flying off the shelves when it comes to, you know, the Instagram store or whatever the case is, like, it's a lot of these black. It's pretty much a store. It's a market. There we go. It's a market. Like like we were saying earlier. Thank you, Nod. It's a whole market, and so it's open for business. And so when we see, you know, who's getting the love out here, it's you know, it's, it's black women. It's not white women. So they see that. And I mean, we see total blatant examples. Like we see like legitimate, like whole like brown, like contours that a woman would get. And it's like, yo, this woman is a white woman. Like she don't even look right with all this makeup on. And then like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like the contour going all the way down to like her like collarbone. And sometimes I've even seen examples of like black fishing where it's like it could have been like better. Like if you go and be racist, like go all out. But this part look a little weak right here. Like, yeah, if you're going to do it, do it right. So then you got that. It's just a whole lot of fuck shit with it. But I agree. It's racism at its core because it basically brings back or it calls back the old days or the old times of blackface. But at this point, it's kind of like it's in reverse. Like right now, the, 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 the it's, it's, it's almost like it's a menstrual show, but it's like, let's put it on. Classical so we can start getting the, my bad, bro. I was just saying Classic World Brother album. Exactly, right? Same exactly. Classic World Brother album. But it's like what 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 can we put on to start to receive these things? Because obviously you only taking them actions because you hate them. Mm-hmm. So so it's, you know what I mean? So that's the racism part of it. Then it's like, damn, like look at them, look at them Johns over there. Like they're getting all the attention. Why why don't I go get X, Y, and Z so I can get some? That's the definition of hate. So it's just like when, when when that's the case, well, you know, hating in the context of like, you know, how we're talking in the culture. Now, I mean, not like actual racial hate, but it, it, it gets there. It gets to racial hate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once you start taking on the aesthetics of other people and trying to like, you know, monetize off of it. It's like, yeah, you took an Instagram photo. You was looking like, but like, did you go talk to like any black girls this month? Or did you go like no? So it's like you don't care about black people. Yeah, you know I mean, like another conversation I hear a lot is like you know the conversation about if white women really care about black men. 
You know what I mean? Like we need, yeah, we got we got to talk about that too. Because... And like we will, you know what I mean? But one thing I always hear is just like, yo, like you know, you want to know if a white girl really love a black man? Ask her what relationships has she had with black men outside of involving the black man's dick. It's a good question to ask. It's like, do you, like, like, like if, if if you only ever had like black boyfriends, you know what I mean? Like, who, what other black people, whatever black men in your life? It's like literally like the only black men sometimes that be in the lives of certain white women is just like it's like a romantic interest. I mean, you got some people out here that's friends, and you got a lot of that going on. But man, like I remember at college, it was like a trip because it was like many white women hadn't had experience with black people yet, and it's like you know they they it's like sex first, you know, because mm-hmm. you know so that's racism. But, like, yeah, man, all of this shit is goofy. And in Bad Baby's case, getting back to the part about being misinformed, you know, I feel like she's really put together. You know what I mean? She got a whole black woman that write her rhymes. You know? So yeah. I believe she got a machine behind her that's doing certain things, and she's just there. She's on Atlanta. Huh? She's on Atlanta. Yeah. You know so what I mean? So it's like, it's crazy. I think the thing with... um. This whole thing with black fishing and everything just brings me back to a couple years ago when um homegirl from she was a uh, Rue from uh the Hunger Games. Yeah. When she made that video, um when she made that video for, for school, mm-hmm. um, like about how white culture has taken our style and have just private right. of it. Right, Amanda Seyfried. Right, right, right. I remember that, Joan. That's yeah. Amanda Stenberg or whatever. Stenberg, right. Seyfried. Sorry, that's the white woman. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah. It's just like, yo, like, why, like, why is everything that we have been, that we have pretty much fought for, and been discriminated from? When a person of another color does it, now it's a new trend. I remember, like, you know, when I was just getting out of the military, people were fighting, you know, who had dreadlocks. You know, was fighting me like, yo, like, this is a part of, like, of my heritage. I'm not telling my dreadlocks to be a part of the military, but I want to be a part of the military. Yeah. You know, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it just, you know, we, in, shoot, we'll even say it. Like, um, the NBA, when David Stern cracked down on, on the dress code, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all know what that was about. Right. You know, that wasn't, oh, we want them to be presentable. That was just on some, like, hey, y'all niggas getting kind of out of control here. Yeah. You know, with these baggy jeans and throwbacks. Right. Allen Iverson. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> I just don't. I don't like it, man. I don't. I don't like how somebody can capitalize off being me when you're not mm-hmm. me. You can aesthetically be me, but yet you won't, you haven't gone through anything at all. The experience, man, and that's what set. That's what that's that's what sets. That's the difference. It's like the black experience is unlike none other on this planet. On I've never seen any, a, I've never seen a culture like our culture be so fetishized and just 
it it's weird. Like like how you were just saying earlier from like white women's you know uh, relationship with black men and everything. Like we've like it's been a big conversation that's been going on on Twitter right now about this whole thing. Like with these whole TikToks about white women and black men and you know all the stuff and you know and of course you know we we got homeboys and you know on Twitter you know that goes through the whole you know the whole milk thing. You know, uh, like you know, shout out to Seahawk. You know, they go through this whole thing to where like it's just like, yo, what what is it? You know, because I've seen questions. I've seen a girl ask on Twitter last night, "What is it about white women that make black men just look at us like we're nothing?" I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, that was basically what she was asking. When you, when you, when, when, so this is the thing that goes back to slavery too. So that's why when we talk about other races of people, I mean, even as a man, right, having to, you know, being attracted to women, you know, you gotta, you, you, you know, I'm an adult now and I'm, you know, in a relationship and I want to have kids, I have nieces, you know what I mean? Uh, you gotta, you gotta kind of apply things. You know, you gotta be an adult, basically, is all I'm trying to say. And, um, <clears throat> when we see, and, you know, because me, you know, men, you we men. Sometimes, you know, we attract the people and this and that to the third, but you kind of got to be careful that sometimes, you know, what I mean, that we're not fetishizing people. And, you know, I think when we talk about a lot of black men and their fascination with white women, it's because of the forbidden. You know what I mean? The black man is so uh, 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 just infatuated with the white woman because it's, it's seen as a forbidden thing, like this, like deep, like this treasure at the bottom of this deep sea. You know what I mean? Like if you read this author, his name is Franz Fanon. You know, this was an individual that was born in Martinique. You know, it was an island that was ruled by the French, and uh, he basically breaks down the whole thing in this one book. He got it's called Black Skin White Mask. It's a whole chapter on like black men and white women relationships, and it's a whole chapter on white women, on uh, white white men and black women relationships. You know, and he he really good one. France and I had a lot of issues. He kind of was like a Kanye from back in the day, but he wrote a lot of good stuff while he was here. Um, but long story short, man, it's it's it's, it's about that like that forbidden fruit, Bob. You know what I mean? That like whiteness places on to the white woman and then, you know, being a person, being a black person that's living under whiteness, you kind of adhering to that because it's like a totem pole. So it kind of makes the white woman kind of more important on that totem pole than black women. And they're seen as more viable. And then in the, in the media, they're represented more and they're kind of have been seen as beautiful more um, for the amount of years that television has been out, right? Like media is something that drives people to think the things that they think, you know? Like, people sit up there and watch wrestling every week. Like, that's media, you know what I mean? And all media messages is constructed for a purpose. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, you know, media gives us those ideas and whiteness gives us these ideas. And so that's why we go with them. You know, they're very reactionary. You know, I think I've been definitely guilty of them. You know what I mean? I'm a black man in America, you know? But you grow up and you learn and, you know, you got to, but that's the thing. I just be wanting to deal with people these days just more like a human being rather than like fetishizing them. But then it's a lot of times it'd be hard to do that when you see yourself be fetishized. And sometimes people think that's fet- like being fetishized is a compliment. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's deep, bro. It's, it's real deep, man. You know, but I think it got a lot to do with like, you know, white women being presented to black men as like forbidden. And sometimes you being unworthy to like be with that unless you reach a certain status in life or 
You know, it's just real interesting. Yeah, definitely. And that's where we're gonna end it here, folks. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. We definitely gonna we're gonna talk about this a little bit more. I just wanted to dive into this a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yo, Lo. What? Go ahead, man. Thank yous, shout outs. What you got? I want to thank you, Naj. I definitely want to give a huge, 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 huge shout out to my mother, my day, everything. Day zero, day three sixty five. She carried me for nine months and everything. Her birthday was yesterday. I just want to say happy birthday to her because she'll be listening. She's a huge audio head, listen to all types of stuff. So she'll probably listen to this after her morning prayer. Um, so I definitely just want to give her a quick shout out. Um, yeah, I hope we ain't crying too much, Mama. If you listen, yeah, Mom, she was <laughs> in school. She, she. <laughs> Mom knows what's going on. It's, yeah, we good. But um, I ain't, try, I ain't yeah, trying to yeah, have I'm I ain't trying to have Mama Lo come at me with the with the rod of Oh no, she my, she a professional. She she understands. <laughs> she she gonna understand that the boy is just working. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, man. But I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna use all my shout outs on her. So happy birthday, Mom. I appreciate you. Uh, we gonna get our show next year. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, let the people know where they can find you, bro. Mm-hmm. So y'all definitely can find me at Lorenzo For Real. That's L-O-R-E-N-Z-O F-O-R-R-E-A-L And also please, please, please follow The Curtain Call on both Twitter and Instagram. There will be more content coming soon. Um, and I just appreciate all y'all, man. I appreciate Naj. Um, this is a hard time, but we definitely gonna get through it. Appreciate y'all. And of course, uh, I'm your boy Naj. Uh, you can... You can find me on Twitter at Like. That's N-A-J-I-S-L-I-K-E. And if y'all don't understand what Like is, then y'all have never heard of Nas song. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, right? Literally, right. <laughs> Literally. That was, uh, good. That was good. That was you good. know what? So, uh, I mean, shout out. Okay, shout out to the boy Low, man. Like I said, yo, I got, I'm signing him to multiple 10-day contracts until TKK starts. And I'm taking all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I want to thank Lo. I want to thank um, every, like all the people out there who listened, all the 15 people who listened to the <laughs> to, to it, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm you know, but I'm appreciative because like, yo, I remember when you know, 2DS started, like, I think like only 10, 14 listened to the pilot too, and then it just it just grew from there. Um, yeah. So I'm thankful for that, you know, because 15 is, a, is something to build on. Um, yeah. I want to thank all the other podcasters and creatives out there, man. People like Jay Rose, people like uh, Heartbreak Julio and Gino the Book. Um, like we said, uh, the BGW pod, uh, mm-hmm. them wrestling girls, uh, dead ass girls, uh, mm-hmm. Dobber's Tears, uh, Everybody who got pot, um, Kristen and uh, Jake and Jake from a uh, Tiger Driver, not Tiger Driver. Um, you know, thank y'all for you know for retweeting us and sharing us. Um, and y'all, y'all threads, man. Uh, shouts out to to my boy Will from One Two Three Pins. Shout out to uh, to the sis Trina De La Suerte. Um, and most importantly, shout out to viewers and listeners like you. Um, yo, man, we can't say it enough. We appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all so so much. This is a three-hour pod, so yeah, man. You know, we 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 had a lot of content for y'all to chew on. So definitely, 
We hope y'all enjoy this, man. Um, yo, uh, this was this was good, man. This was yeah. good. I, I had fun. I had fun, man. Um, Thank. Oh, I'm just looking at. I had something I wanted to say. I don't know if it's here, but um, no, it's not here. But um, yeah, man, definitely. Uh, we definitely appreciate y'all for for listening. And uh, yo, this is the Self Control Podcast, where the energy never dies, the energy never lies. And yo, God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. And that is from Miss Christine Kane. We thank you guys for listening. Good night. Good morning. Good luck. Inshallah. Peace and love. Peace and love. And we out.